77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Mayor Adams is defending his decision to ask a judge to suspend a decades-old requirement that the city provide shelter to anyone who needs it. New York has done this year. Our shelter system is buckling. We are trying to prevent it from collapsing. In a conversation with the commissioner of the New York State Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services, Erie County Executive Mark Polenkars says he learned migrants from New York City will likely come to the region. Polenkars is told it will happen no sooner than a week from now, and while a final number isn't clear, people will likely be placed in SUNY Buffalo State University housing and possibly at the university at Buffalo. There were arrests after a rally in Lower Manhattan in support of Daniel Penny. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman and others gathered at Collect Pond Park. They believed that Penny was acting in self-defense. Some arrests were made when counter-protesters arrived, and police have not said how many were taken into custody. Daniel Penny is a Marine. He is a hero. He is somebody that was a good Samaritan and jumped to the cause of making this city a safer place. In Florida, we held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. The queen of rock and roll and soul, Tina Turner, has died at the age of 83. She was a sharecropper's daughter turned global superstar, a singer and icon known for her famous hits like Proud Mary and What's Love Got to Do With It. Turner passing away after battling a long illness, according to her manager. She leaves behind her husband, Erwin Bach, and four children that she had with her ex-husband, Ike Turner. Today, that Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, had passed away at the age of 83. I started getting song requests right away, and this was the one. It's only love. It's Blasters Lewis. This is Brian Adams and the late great Tina Turner.
music right here, folks. It's taught you Thursday morning here on Sid and Friends in the Morning in New York City. Tina Turner, of course, part of that classic Ike. What a scumbag he was. Ike and Tina Turner of you and born Anna Mae Bullock. She actually went by the name Little Ann for the most part of her early career. Little Ann, born in Tennessee back in 1939, married Ike Turner in 1962. They divorced in 1978, and six years after that, she enjoyed enormous solo success with the album Private Dancer. In the end, 12 Grammy Awards and a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys was the first female African-American artist to grace the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. A really a, a great, a pioneer, a great Tina Turner passing away yesterday. And she had such a troubled life, that marriage of hers, that 17-year marriage filled, of course, with uh, domestic abuse and just horrible. And then uh, it seemed like at least the last 30 years of her life, she she enjoyed it. She had four children. But um, for a long time there, it was pretty miserable for Tina Turner. That didn't stop her from, again, becoming the queen of rock and roll. And uh, that's a sad loss yesterday, Lewis. Sad loss. I think when she left, I was reading when she left Ike, finally, uh, they were on their way to a gig, and she they were fighting in the car. Yeah. And... When she got away from him, she only had 36 cents and a mobile gas card. Is that right? Yeah. Aye, when she aye, got aye. To, the, to a hotel and she was hiding out there for a while. That was the, I think that was the initial uh, time when she got away, when she separated from him. And then their divorce became official a little while after that. Uh, two of the kids, I think she adopted two of his kids. Yeah. I think they only had one child together, I believe. Yes, that's right. And she yeah. has another one with uh, maybe this last husband. I, I don't know. I, somebody else. I forgot the name of the person. But, yeah, four. And she was living in Switzerland. Yes, she was. 36 cents, a mobile card, and eventually moved to Switzerland. <laughs> Tina Turner. Yeah. You know, we uh, we did a nice birthday. And we'll, we'll uh, play Tina Turner music all morning long to our tribute as we, as we often do. I remember the first tribute, I guess, we did on this show was my late great partner Bernard was still alive, and we did a tribute for Aretha Franklin, and it was a complete disaster because <laughs> at the very top of the tribute, Bernard made the point that she just wasn't as good as Diana Ross. <laughs> Swear to God. It's a good way to start the oh, yeah. tribute. And that was basically the tribute all morning long. <laughs> this is good, but it's not Diana Ross. you know. So I got a text from uh, Flirty Flipper. Our old producer, Jill Vitale, yesterday, who said, is Tina Turner going to get her due credit tomorrow morning, or is it going to be, I got to tell you, she's gone, that's sad, but she was no Diana Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll give Tina her due today. But yesterday, we celebrated Bob Dylan's birthday on this show, and I asked you about other bands and people Dylan performed with, and I specifically brought up a good buddy of yours from the van, LeVon Helm, and you've got some more information now, Louis, don't you? I just blanked out, and uh, I did dinner last night, I thought, oh, wait, I can't believe Bob Dylan had the band as his backup band for a long time wow. in the 60s. They that was his backup team. band? Yeah, he, he they were uh, Woodstock compatriots, and um, that's they played together for a while. You know, four of them were Canadian, but they had moved, they had come down 
and uh, set up shop in Saugerties, New York. Yeah. And, That's where they actually held the 25-year anniversary for Woodstock, which made no sense because there's also a Woodstock, New York, which is right by Saugerties. Right. But you know, of course, that Woodstock took place in Bethel, where my mom lives, which is far from the actual Woodstock, New York, and Saugerties. But they couldn't get the permit, I think, in Bethel. So they ended up in, like, Saugerties or Woodstock, New York, miles and miles and miles away with Peter Gabriel. But the 50th anniversary they did do back at old Yasker's farm in uh, in Bethel. But uh, So that's where it all began, Saugerties? Yeah, well, they, they uh, played together, and uh, they actually put out uh, Basement Tapes. It was well, a double album yeah. from the 60s. But... Yeah, they they were the band was Bob Dylan's backing band for a long while. Yeah, yeah. And then they uh, broke off, and um, they started uh, rehearsing and performing up in Woodstock and Saugerties, I think. Saugerties, all right. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, a couple of good musical facts to start today's program, which is part of the reason why you love this show. But I guess the big, 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 big news outside of what's going on locally, and again, don't forget, Mayor Eric Adams makes his return to this program coming up at 740 this morning. You don't want to miss that, me and the mayor. But uh, Ron DeSantis, it's on now, bitch. It's on. Trump and DeSantis. We've talked about it for months and months. Ronnie's on the sideline. My man Donald Trump, my guy Trump, all this momentum. Certain polls up as many as 43 points. 43 on DeSantis. Some of those polls are now still at about 30 or 35. So Trump building all this momentum, running away with the Republican field, and now Ron DeSantis is in. So we heard for days that DeSantis was going to make his announcement on Twitter with Elon Musk. But it's, uh, what would they call it, Twitter something or other? Twitter, uh, I don't know what it's called. It's like uh, another part of Twitter. I don't know. I don't know about Twitter. So Twitter space. Thank you, Justin. So uh, as it turned out, the Twitter space, I guess, didn't work. There were technical difficulties. So right off the bat, Ron DeSantis' campaign is a disaster. And Donald Trump took full advantage of it. You remember when he announced he was running again late last year, walked out to this huge crowd at Mar-a-Lago, had like a thousand American flags behind him, like a thousand blasting Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American. <laughs> then you go to DeSantis and it's like, we were experiencing technical difficulties. So, <laughs> I don't think he was ever as good as Diana Ross. So no, no. Probably where never the, start, no, the bad start no. came from. So you're not, you can't see the video, but you could appreciate it, I think, from the audio. Trump put out on Truth Social last night. When he announced, again, American flags, music, the whole thing, pomp and circumstance, and DeSantis experiencing technical difficulties. (laughs) you got to go back and watch it. It's actually funnier than listening to it. But listen anyway. This is uh, Donald Trump 18, the difference between his rollout and Ron DeSantis. kind of melting the servers. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. 
entitlement to freedom and his willingness to put his money where his mouth is. Upset the narrative control imposed on us by our government. Have Governor DeSantis make this up. Oh, boy. All right, thank you for that. So there it is, the difference in rollout night and day. And uh, we'll see whether the competition, night and day, DeSantis did uh, gain a few points yesterday. But let me make this very, very clear. While I like Ron DeSantis a lot, and he's a tremendous governor, he's the best governor in the country, Trump is still my guy. doesn't matter what Bo Dito says or Peter King or anybody else. Trump is still my guy. But here was DeSantis's full campaign announcement, which he did in a separate video, separate of Elon Musk and Twitter, which actually worked. Here he is, the governor of Florida, your latest Republican contender. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet. And the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable. And freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation. And common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. Now, there you have it, Ron DeSantis. Announcing he's running last night. Then he went on Fox News after he announced he was running. I'm not sure, was it Hannity or Ingram? I don't even know. But he went on Fox and he talked about some of the issues that the president, the current president, is doing a terrible job with and some of the issues he hopes, at least, he's going to be fixing. One of those, of course, is immigration. Here's Ron DeSantis, Lewis, cut number 14. At the end of the day, nobody has a right to come to our country illegally. We, the American people, can determine what type of immigration system that we want. I think the purpose of immigration is to benefit our country. And so if people coming illegally does not benefit, which I don't think it is, then we shouldn't do it. He also goes on to talk here about the borders and talking about immigration, what Ron DeSantis will do on day one. Lewis, Ron DeSantis, cut number 15. Day one, it's a national emergency. We'll mobilize all resources to construct the border wall, shut the border down. We're not going to be entertaining asylum claims for people coming across the border illegally. Uh, We're going to make very clear about that. Uh, We're going to have things like remain in Mexico so we don't have the incentives to come illegally. We do need to hold these Mexican drug cartels accountable, uh, and we'll be looking at levers that we can pull to be able to do that. Whose policy for the $64,000, Lewis, Justin, Nome, whose policy is remain in Mexico? Want to take a guess, Lou? Uh, Diana Ross. <laughs> Close. Donald Trump. So, 
as I continue to say, Ron DeSantis, great, terrific guy, Republican, smart, not nuts. All those things are true, but he's just adopted all of Trump's policies, including his stance on the DOJ and the FBI becoming weaponized. Here's Ron DeSantis, critical as he should be, of some of our finest institutions. Cut number 17. I think the DOJ and FBI have lost their way. I think that they've been weaponized against uh, Americans who think like me and you. Uh, and I think that they've become very partisan. Republican presidents have accepted the canard that the DOJ and FBI are, quote, independent. They are not independent agencies. They are part of the executive branch. They answer to the elected president of the United States. So as president, you have a responsibility to be involved in holding those agencies accountable clearing out people who are not doing the job and making sure that they're doing the people's business and they're not abusing their authority. So in the end, Ron DeSantis trailing by all these points, living a good life down in Florida, distinguishing himself as one of the great governors in the history of this country. Don't listen to the crazy, hysterical, radical left about book bans and gay acts. His parental act, which every state should adopt. Every state should adopt Ron DeSantis' parental act. It's not the word gay. It's not mentioned once. Not once. But that didn't stop the Democrats who hate our country and hate our children and want these blue-haired, you know, uh, earring-in-the-nose teachers from acting as parents when they shouldn't. That didn't stop them from nicknaming his parental act, which is terrific, The don't say gay bill. So why, Ron DeSantis, in the end, are you running for president anyway? This, Lewis, is cut number 16. And our president now, I think it's because the country's going in the wrong direction. Well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges. Uh, I think some of the damage is going to be irreversible. Uh, I think we have an opportunity now, kind of like the late 1970s when Jimmy Carter was president, Uh, to really move the country in a much stronger direction uh, and really bring a lot of bold leadership to bear. So there you have it. Ron DeSantis once again officially announcing he's running for president of the United States. So it is on. A lot more to cover today. Big rally yesterday. You know, I had the Nassau County executive, Bruce Blakeman, a good buddy of mine. I helped uh, helped him win. In fact, I think I had the the biggest, um, I guess, what's what I want to use here, the... uh, I was the guy that basically got him across the finish line. He's uh, doing a great job there in Nassau County. It looks like they're going to get a casino at the uh, the Nassau County uh, the Coliseum where the Islanders used to play. Yesterday they had a big rally for Daniel Penny, the hero. Yes, you heard me correctly, Al Sharpton, the hero Marine that uh, went out of his way to protect other New Yorkers. Unfortunately, I'll say it again, Jordan Neely died. But that doesn't mean that the Marine didn't do the right thing. He did do the right thing. So there was a big rally out there in uh, Nassau County yesterday. Bruce was there, Vicky Palladino. May, it may have been here, actually, not Nassau County. Hey, Noam, let me get uh, our news director, Noam Layden, on the mic. Noam, where was that uh, big rally that Bruce Blakeman was at yesterday? Where was it? It was Lower Manhattan. It was Manhattan. Okay, yep. thank you. Probably by the courthouse, right? You know, not positive, but I know it was in Manhattan. All right. So, well, we got all that stuff coming your way. And, of course, don't forget this monster guest list, Brian Kilmeade coming up at 640. Curtis Sliwa 
7.05. Bill O'Reilly's morning message, 7.25. Donald Trump attorney making her debut on the program, Alina Hava. She'll be here at 8.05. Gnomes Nuggets coming up at 8.25. The great Bill O'Reilly. He'll be here at 8.40. My man, the very entertaining Bo Deedle, live in Studio 905. The terrific writer from the New York Post, Michael Goodwin, coming up at 9.25. And the big one coming up at 7.40. He's back, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. 1-800-848-WABC. That's the number. 1-800-848-9222. Strap on the seatbelt, folks. This one's going to be a big one. Thursday morning with me, Sid, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. We are the children. Last generation. We are the ones left behind. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I know I got a bad reputation. And it isn't just talk, talk, talk. If I could only give you everything you know I haven't got. Jackson, bad reputation. Congratulations to my dear friend. I've got two buddies. I call them both the King of Williamsburg. One of them is Vinny Viola, who last night, his Florida Panthers, they've been the sports story of the year. They were like the bottom seed in the Eastern Conference. Took out the team with the best regular season record in the history of hockey, the Boston Bruins. 
And now they moved on to the Eastern Conference Finals. They beat Toronto, too, and they swept the Carolina Hurricanes in four. So my main man, Vinny Viola's Florida Panthers, they are playing for the Stanley Cup, awaiting the winner out west. Looks like it's going to be Vegas. Vegas up a commanding three games to zero on the Dallas Stars. So you're going to get South Florida versus Vegas. So no matter what home game you go to, it's going to be a blast, right? This isn't like Minnesota versus, you know, Detroit. You're getting Vegas and South Beach. Congratulations to Vinny Viola. Before we get to this uh, run of great guests, uh, before 8 o'clock, we'll do Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Sliwa, and Mayor Eric Adams. I want to play just two cuts from the rally yesterday in Lower Manhattan for Daniel Penny, the hero Marine who um, really did a great job for all New Yorkers. Again, unfortunate that nearly died, but we've been over this a million times. That doesn't mean that the Marine didn't do the right thing. Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County executive, moments ago on Fox News, moments ago, he was a guy that I guess uh, led this rally, got it going, and led it. And he was all over Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, that fat, stupid loser. Here's Bruce Blakeman cut one at the Daniel Penny rally, taken out, Alvin Bragg. The prosecution of Daniel Penny is an outrage. It's a miscarriage of justice. And this is a problem that has existed in Manhattan since Alvin Bragg has been district attorney. Alvin Bragg, you know that as a matter of law, you cannot get a conviction. You do not have probable cause to arrest this man. There is reasonable doubt as a matter of law. Just listen to the witnesses. And it's very clear that Daniel Penny did nothing wrong. Hopefully, my dear friends, who I saw just a couple of nights ago at Judge Janine's book party, talking about uh, Penny's attorneys, my man Thomas Kenneth and Stephen Razor, will uh, get the verdict he deserves, which is you get to go home and enjoy your family. One more, our friend from Queens, city council lady, she was on with us just last week, Vicky Palladino. She's a great New Yorker. She was there, too, and like me and Blakeman, she stands with Penny. Cut number six. I stand with Mr. Penny. He does not deserve how he's being treated. This certainly was clearly self-defense and defense of the people that were threatened that day on that subway. All right, nice job, Vicky. All right, we got, again, Brian Kilmeade, Fox News, coming up next. He's also on After Me every weekday morning at 10 o'clock. Fox and Friends, One Nation. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a deal near you. Little the world's. Best built boilers on the diamond, both the Mets and Yanks came up short with losses yesterday. The Yanks losing a 9-6 to the rival Orioles in the Bronx, and the Mets falling 4-2 in Chicago to the Cubs. For the Yanks, things were going swell up 5-1 before an eight-run inning out of Baltimore in the seventh that buried the Bombers for good. They'll try and bounce back to grab the series win tonight at 7.05 with Clark Schmidt getting the start against Baltimore's Kyle Gibson. As for the Mets, the loss makes it two straight for them and a serious loss to the Cubs with the offense failing to show up really for the third straight contest. They'll 
we'll see if they can inject some life into the bats tonight in the finale with Chicago set for a 7.40 p.m. first pitch and a Carlos Carrasco versus Kyle Hendricks pitching matchup on the ice. The Panthers get it done at home and complete the sweep of the Hurricanes, winning game four by a score of 4-3 to three and punching their ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals where they'll meet the winner of the Golden Knights and Stars Series. And speaking of that Western Conference Final, things could uh, be set in stone after tonight's 8 p.m. puck drop for game four in Dallas with Vegas trying to complete a sweep of their own up three games to none. And tonight on the hardwood, the Heat and Celtics meet in Boston at 8.30 p.m. for game five of the Eastern Conference Final. Miami will try yet again to eliminate Boston. Currently up three games to one in the series. Here was sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ollick on 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Thursday morning back here on Sid and Friends in the morning on this beautiful spring day, winding down May, Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget, folks, when you're out there on the beach on Monday sucking down your hot dogs and hamburgers and beer and acting all fat and American, don't forget there's a reason why you're off that day, and that is because of the brave men and women sacrificing their lives, even as we speak, There's a lonely kid with a gun in a cave in Afghanistan who's dying to come home. So remember, Monday, that's what this holiday is all about. But uh, big, big show coming up today. Don't forget, coming up at 740, the mayor, Eric Adams, makes his return with me. That should be a very interesting conversation. And uh, 805, making her debut on this program, one of Donald Trump's big-time attorneys, Alina Haba. But... Right now, this man is on every week, does a tremendous job after me every weekday morning at 10 o'clock here on WABC, a star at Fox News, whether it's Fox and Friends every weekday morning, or, of course, his own show does Great One Nation on Saturday nights. It's my dear friend Brian Kilmeade. Good Thursday morning, Brian. What's happening? There's a lot happening. I mean, there's a lot happening here, there's a lot happening there, and as Steve Summers would say, everywhere. But let's start with what happened on the national level last night, and that is Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I mean, already his whole, I guess, his entry into the race with Elon Musk was a complete disaster. you got to see the video that Donald Trump put on Truth Social, Brian, where he comes out, he's got Lee Greenwood playing American flags, he looks great. And then he kind of cuts into technical difficulties with Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis. But DeSantis did put out another video where he announced he's officially running. He's your guy. Ron DeSantis in the race. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I can't say I have a guy uh, I because I, I honestly really have a, a lot of respect for Nikki Haley. Tim Scott, I spend a more, I've done more interviews with Tim Scott probably than anybody even on this channel. One of the best people you ever meet. I actually think he's too good for politics. Uh, I and I I look at uh, Trump. I know what he did for four years, and then you look at Governor Ron DeSantis, best governor in the country. So I can't say I have a guy, but I could say that I haven't picked one. So therefore, I am more open than almost anybody listening right now. I I am saying go win it. I don't care what happened in spring training. I don't care about the salary cap. I don't care what go, what goes on with you. you. Have the better stadium. Doesn't matter the injuries. Go win it. And I just think that this is yet to be this is yet to be played. And I'll give you an example: the Q poll and the Fox poll shows Trump winning by about thirty points. 
But both polls show that DeSantis beats Biden and Trump is within the margin of error. So you can't dismiss it. Why did Democrats go so heavily and hard at DeSantis? Why did Trump say, I'm so glad to see Tim Scott in the race? And I really respect Nikki Haley. Best of luck. They fear DeSantis. You know, I think there is truth to that. Clearly, I mean, early on, Donald Trump went after Ron DeSanctimonious and his other nicknames. Uh, so you're right. I mean, Donald Trump clearly fears him. And I never got that. I'm like, you're Donald Trump. You're the man. You've won and I kept saying to his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, why does he keep doing that? It's acting like he's scared of, of Ron DeSantis. So you do believe that now that he's officially in some of these polls that have Trump up as many as 43. You mentioned yep. the Fox poll. He's up 30. You do believe that now Ron DeSantis is officially in that it becomes a tight race? It tightens up. I mean, one guy was been in for four months. And picked up 10 points. He's been he's picked up 10 points in almost every poll since February. But Ron DeSantis, to, to, to be honest, he has not been in. He does not campaign regularly. He had a book tour. That's not a campaign. He doesn't really take on Trump at all. If that is his tactic, he will lose. So then that that's a bad tactic. That, that's called not playing. You didn't have the right strategy. You got the wrong team. But the money that he's got is uh, it's triple what Trump has. It's more than anybody else has. The super PACs, the power. He's got the confidence. He's got the intellect. He's got the resume at 44. The only resume better is Sid Rosenberg, and you will not run. <laughs> no, I'm not running you ever. Will not. No, never. Danielle would kill me. But on a serious note, if I did run, Brian, all I would be doing was repeating the same policies that Donald Trump made successful for four years. And guess what? That's what Ron DeSantis does, too. So if I've got Trump, who did it, I know about the noise and all that nonsense. I don't care. If I've got Trump, who did it, why would I want a guy who really, for the most part, 99% is just adopting Donald Trump's policies? Younger, more stable, military experience, law degree, actually ran a state. So he's been through the ringer. He's been attacked like he's been a national figure for at least three years and had the courage in the clutch to have the best instincts during the pandemic by far of anyone. Remember, they were lauding Cuomo and they said, this guy is a hero. He's going to be the next president. And DeSantis goes, you know what? I'm not listening. I'm going to get my own doctors. I'm going to call Jared Kushner myself. I'm going to get in touch with these other experts. I'm going to forge my own way. And under the under fire, he has stood up to it. And you watched him with 60 Minutes. They tried to take him apart. You're only giving vaccines to donors. You're only giving it to the people, uh, the towns that voted for you. He says that's absolutely wrong. And then when they tried to cut it up and make him look bad, he was rolling tape on the whole interview. And he blew up 60 Minutes. Yeah. So this guy is formidable. And he says, this is his message, not mine. It's trust. Uh, one of it is trust and one of it is stable. So he believes, yeah, I'll do the same thing, but you're not going to have to worry about me doing things going to get me in trouble unnecessarily or go into fights uh, needlessly. You know, you mentioned Cuomo and a couple of days ago on this station, Rita Cosby, she does the afternoon show with John Katsimatidis. She interviewed uh, Andrew Cuomo and uh, I'm on record. I'll say it. 
It was nothing. He lied the whole time again. I think she spent a lot of time on the women issue, which I personally uh, think was the least of his problems. Given an opportunity to come clean on nursing homes, he didn't do it. Uh, the same thing with uh, you know bail reform and crime. It was just 40 minutes of him running her over and lying. I know Janice Dean wasn't happy about it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, is this guy beyond rehabilitation? Do you think that maybe he should get a second chance in politics? I don't. I think he's a scumbag. What do you think about him? I have absolutely no respect for him. What he did, uh, like he was uh, the Ayatollah here, ruining businesses, putting inspectors into restaurants, blowing by hostess stations, looking for a, an assistant cook with the mask down, hitting them with $5,000 fines at the time in which these small businesses were clawing just to stay open, the way he unnecessarily kept things shut. Uh, he made this a police state, and he arrogantly wouldn't listen. And by the way, his choice to brawl with this incompetent mayor hurt everybody in New York. The mixed messages they sent out. I mean, Sid, you got the number one show in the morning. People want to find out what's going on. The mayor's saying one thing. The governor's saying another. Then they crisscross on policies. They put each other down. They got a total pass on that. They totally screwed up the whole state because they hate each other so much. So they made everything worse. And with the clampdowns and the, and the PowerPoints and the arrogance, I will never forget that, let alone what happened with Janice and, and the nursing homes, which he runs from. Remember, he demanded that ship. He demanded the Javits conversion and put nobody in there and never even apologized for the millions he wasted or thanked Trump for the backup that he gave him. And this guy didn't utilize any of the things, and he was such swagger in the middle of this. He signs a book deal with the second wave of the pandemic coming. And you want you want to know what I think of him? I will never forget what he did. Well, that's Ever. a that is a great recap of one of the worst people, horrible governor, but one of the worst people Democrat across this state. And funny, you said you know your number one show, and you mentioned him and De Blasio. Both of those guys would never ever come on this show. I mean, ever. Andrew wanted to recently, but it didn't happen. On the other hand, the mayor now, Eric Adams, he and I disagree on a ton of stuff. I mean, a ton. He comes on every couple of weeks. He's coming on this morning in about an hour. And certainly he's dealing with a huge amount of controversy. The migrants, of course, crime, another subway victim a couple of days ago. But at least Adams shows up. How do you think his week has gone so far? Well, number one, let's contrast the two. You have the governor of the state who signed this bail law and created chaos and dispirited and and, uh, and just basically decapitated the NYPD. It, it allows them to arrest no one. They're looking at penalties, career loss, and maybe jail should somebody, uh, somebody decide that they acted too aggressively. And then they now he's coming on the radio and he's criticizing bail reform and crime in New York City, which basically delivered the House – for the Republicans, because nobody, no Democrat was standing up for the people of this city and the people of this state. And they reacted and gave Republicans key seats and delivered the House. Governor Cuomo's trying to distance himself from a law that he signed. Are you kidding me? That that was the beginning of the end of this city. That's why we're losing more than we're gaining. We've lost more people in New York, I think, than any state, including California. That was on his watch. Taxes through the roof. Although we tried to control it on Long Island, that didn't last. 
But Eric Adams coming out this week, sending people into counties without their permission, uh, going past them to uh, hotels, uh, now saying that he wants to get out of the uh, the shelter policy of everybody that comes in here gets uh, gets a chance to live and breathe. I think that this is a little late for that. And then using his time a couple of days ago to rip Republicans for resisting immigration reform. Does anyone buy that this is a Republican problem? But that day when he did that, Brian, you may remember he ripped Republicans, I think, on Face the Nation. And then the same day he said the Democrats, they're going to suffer big time at the ballot box because of the migrant crisis. So he found a way to kind of rip both parties. Actually, he did rip both yeah. parties on the same day. And most people think that's a problem with Eric. Pick a side. Whether we like it or not, pick a side. But trying to please everybody just doesn't work. What, what I really am upset about is about the Danny Penny situation. He was. We talked about this. We were really impressed by the way he said, guys, calm down. Let's find out the facts. And next thing you know, he's saying he, he could be my uh, this the guy who got choked out, Jordan Neely. You know, uh, could have been my son and all these uh, analogies. Jordan Neely was a lunatic who was going to attack somebody that you knew or you directly. Thank goodness his 24-year-old was there to lock him up. Sadly, he held the choke too long, clearly. But we don't know the details. There was no reason after the arrest to come on the side of Jordan Neely because Jordan Neely didn't belong on the streets. Jordan Neely was a time bomb. And thankfully, there was there's people to protect him. 44 arrests prior. Come on, Mr. Uh, Mayor, law and order. Stick with your original, your gut instinct on it. Don't collapse to this pressure that Alvin Bragg did. So that, that bothered me. No, I totally agree. That's a, a, that's a bad job. He was right in the beginning. He was uh, one of the few. I mean, Kathy Hochul wanted Penny to get the electric chair day one. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, Al Sharpton is a complete lowlife. But uh, Adams did the right thing. And unfortunately, again, in the spirit of race, right, Ed Day, you're a racist. You know, as it turns out, white man kills a black man. It just seems uh, in very lazy fashion. He he keeps going back to that. Now, last time he was on, I yelled at him for that. I'm not going to do it again today, but he's got to stop doing that. Not everything is race. You know, even even when he talked about Governor Abbott. I mean, let's face it, if Bill de Blasio was still mayor and he's a white man, they would still be shipping migrants here. It's not black or white, as you know, Brian. It's blue or white. Yes, and Sid, keep in mind, Texas has sent about 7,000. We have about 60,000 that have passed through and 42,000 that are still around. They're just coming. It is not just Governor Abbott. They are coming to New York City. You saw them sleeping in police stations in Chicago. They've had a fraction of what we had in Philadelphia. They're coming here, and now he's pleading for them to get work visas. Now, the thing is, in the short term, you might be, all right, it's good. You know, these probably are decent people that want to work hard. Who knows? They may be. I'm watching the Roosevelt Hotel. It's already packed. I'm watching them just sitting outside. The problem is if you go from 180 to 30 days for ability to work, that's more of a magnet. We're going to get another 40,000. Hey, honey, this is the time to leave Ecuador. We can get in. We can get a ride to New York City. And in 30 days, I'm going to get a better job than I'll ever have here. You have to let them know this is a stop sign. Eventually, you're going to get caught and you're going to get tossed. If you go down to 30 days, we're going to have a bigger problem. I agree again. Listen, uh, this is a tremendous appearance, Brian Kilmeade. And, of course, before I let you go, we are two days away from your great show, Saturday nights, 8 p.m., One Nation 
on Fox News. Who's stopping by this week? I mean, I'm going to very patriotic. Uh, we're all set with uh, the Tonta Towers, uh, President Frank Siller. Uh, we'll go inside that organization. They went from uh, first responders to military. The other guys we love is Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, founder of Folds of Honor, still a fighter pilot, and now he's also helping first responders. They're two of the best in the business. And they also, believe it or not, and he wanted to straighten the word, straighten the country out on Anheuser-Busch. He says they were his first supporter. They've given $22 million, and he pushes back against the exit from Bud Light. I'm not sure he won anyone over, but he did point out a, point, uh, a part of Anheuser-Busch that we remember, supporting all American causes, and then the best of news tool. Sid, you might even be in the best of news tool this week, so <laughs> another reason to watch. Well, I watch every week anyway, but I will tell you that I'm back on uh, Waters Primetime, Jesse's show next Friday night. That is now three consecutive Jesse Waters appearances since my last appearance on One Nation. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's not good. Not good. Brian. I'm going to talk to my people. <laughs> I did see uh, our friend Taylor at uh, Janine's book signing a couple of nights ago. She's a great girl. And uh, you're the best, Brian. I love you, man. Have a great day, pal, okay? All right. Stay within yourself. Yeah, yeah I'll try. There he is. Brian Me follows me every morning here on WABC at 10. Fox and Friends on Fox News every weekday morning. And uh, as I mentioned just moments ago, his terrific show, One Nation, Saturday nights at 8 on Fox News. A big 7 o'clock hour about to come your way. Curtis Sliwa, he's been killing it lately. Curtis will be here. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and the mayor, Eric Adams, all coming up next hour. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Back to the queen of rock and roll, the late, great Tina Turner, who passed away yesterday at the age of 83. We all love Tina. Ike and Tina, we talked about her career at the very top of the show. We'll do it again. But my next guest, who does a tremendous job, noon to one every weekday, all weekend long, the iconic legend, Guardian Angels, Curtis Sliwa, 
So to Curtis, I said, uh, did you like Tina Turner? He said, yes. Who didn't? Who was didn't? she hot? That was a sister <laughs> yeah. who had a set of gams that immediately made you want to have jungle fever. Yeah, There's no, no doubt about she it. She was hot. Beautiful legs and the whole thing. And she went through a lot. I mean, I really put her through hell. And I love Tina Turner. I said, what song do you want? And he said, well, I like that song, What's Love Got to Do With It? Then, of course, when you've been married as many times as me, you say, what's love got to do with this? It's the bottom line. You want the dough, the money. I would go to my mother. You met my mother, Francesca, in what the house beautiful that I grew up in, 89th and Jane Canarsie. And I would always go to my mother and bring the woman. Never, you know, the guman, all right, to bring the woman. And my mother, Francesca, all silent time, do you love this woman, Chris? Yes, Mom. You must do the right thing. You must marry her. The problem was that, what's love got to do with it, Mom? <laughs> they all took me to divorce court. They cleaned me out. Well, it wasn't as if you weren't part of that whole thing. I mean, I guess I don't know. Well, don't know ask any of your you, personal business. Yeah, you know, ask yourself, what's love got to do with it? Right. All of a sudden, they forgot the love. <laughs> they, they, they knew the moolah schmoolah, the scato. That's why I always say, believe it or not, it sounds crazy, but the more important emotion is like. Because my wife, who's a very successful matrimonial attorney, she can tell you that when these couples get divorced, they don't like each other no, anymore. No, no, no. They'll always love them. Always yes. the father of my yes. children. Yes. Yes. I'll always love them, but I don't like him. Let me tell you, my ex is right. They didn't love me. They didn't like me. They <laughs> loathed me. At least that's what the divorce attorney said. Oh, and I had to pay for their divorce attorney. You paid for both? Yes. Ask your wife about that. No, it's, it's a racket. It's horrible. It's a racket. Horrible. You should have gotten her. Well, you didn't know about her at the time. But anyway, anyway, let's yeah. let's talk about uh, the guy I'd like to see uh, be president, Ron DeSantis, and his bad start out of the gate. If I'm Tucker Carlson now, do I really want to put my show on Twitter with Elon Musk? <laughs> Remember he announced, we're going on Twitter. Yeah, but he did announce that on Twitter, and that video seemed to go fine. I Tucker. know, but if he puts his program, he's going to get more hits than Ron DeSantis did with his announcement. <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, it melted down. But uh, Tucker, if you're out there, you may want to reconsider yeah. that. Did you see the, I know you don't like him, but I do, Donald Trump's video? Where yes. he no, that was great. It was great. He walks out with the American flags, Lee Greenwood playing. He looked like a million bucks, Trump. And then he Look, goes to DeSantis. He cuts to that, and it's a screen. We're experiencing technical difficulty. That was a great parody. <laughs> By the way, you are going to be shocked and surprised, and I attribute it to your coaching and counseling of me. Yesterday, out of the kitchen of WABC, there were four men, four well-dressed men. And I noticed, wow, it's Bruce Blakeman. The Nassau County Executive, yes. Well, well, I wanted to ask you, were you down in lower Manhattan at that Daniel Penny rally? No, I was here broadcasting. Oh, okay. But he came up here, and he was with his uh, Nassau County uh, police guard. And I went up, and I shook all their hands. They were shocked. And I said, Bruce, you did a great thing today by being downtown outside the Manhattan District Attorney's Office supporting Penny. And he exchanged pleasantries. He goes, hey. You're a fine-looking man. He said that. Yes. Ask him. Wow. Now, he shook is, hands. Everybody was shocked here. This is not long after, let me remind the audience, that you went on an unprovoked, really nasty attack on Bruce Blakeman. You blamed him and Pete King and a bunch of others, unfairly, mind you, for the George Santos mess. 
But well, he was still man enough to call you a good-looking man and shake your yeah, hand. By the way, they're yeah. not getting the casino in Nassau County. It's all Republican. The Democrats control that process. So you, you can forget Listen that. Listen to me carefully, Curtis. It's done. Yeah. Already done. Yeah. Who did you talk to? My husband-in-law, David Patterson, who's brokering this? Yeah, yeah. You listen to David did, did, Patterson. Did you actually call David Patterson my husband-in-law? Yes. That's hilarious. I said to him. He was yeah. my afternoon partner at a radio station. I'd rather not have spent four years of my life. I'll never <laughs> yeah. get it back. Yeah. AM 970, the answer. I introduced him to marry my wife, and it was like Henny Youngman. I said, <laughs> take my wife, please. And it proved that... That love is blind. It really proved that love is blind because he ended up marrying Mary. And he is blind. That's right. <laughs> and he is a great stepfather to my oldest son, Anthony. Well, that great matters. Stepfather. And Anthony's a super kid. And I his love mother is a great mother. I mean, uh, okay. he, he's got the best of all worlds. Oh, well, that's he's good. got the Republican dad, and then he's got the uh, Democratic stepdad. Well, did you take a happy pill this morning? Bruce Blakeman's a great guy. Yes, David oh, Patterson's a great I guy. I saved the best. For last. Oh, no, the last is right now because coming up in about 27 minutes, making his return to Sid and Friends in the morning, it's been about three weeks, is my friend, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Yes. Now, it's one thing to say something nice about Bruce Blakeman, David Patterson, Maria Sliwa. I can't imagine, Curtis. No, it's I, Mary Patterson now. I'm she changed sorry. her last name. Right. No, she, she decided. Didn't. No, she didn't. Yes, it is officially changed. Oh, it is officially yeah, changed. Yeah, but that's okay. That's all right. I have no yeah. problem with that. There are enough women running Sleewa's. around with the Sliwa name out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't imagine you can find enough space in that big heart of yours to say something nice on oh. the same morning as Mayor Eric Adams. I don't just want to patronize him, placate him. I have volunteered my service to help him in his time of need. Our city's need. We have way too many. Look, in his honor, I'm not going to call them illegal aliens, migrants. We're overloaded with migrants. As you know, I've been throughout the five boroughs, especially the Hotel Roosevelt. By the way, you've actually offered your services before to the mayor. Yes. Which was very, very nice of you, being the great New Yorker you are as the rat czar. Yes. And he ridiculed you. Yeah, but, you know, some, this is more important. We let that go. This right? is more important sure. because we yeah. need space yeah. for the migrants. And you did your duty. Laura Curran did her duty as the former Democratic Nassau County executive. Uh, she negotiated for George Latimer, the county executive of Westchester, the Democrat in White Plains, to come on with me and you yesterday on my appearance at 705. Because we want to talk about the fact that he is the only county executive in our area who has welcomed in the migrants slash illegal aliens. Remember, Westchester is the only county other than our five boroughs that went overwhelmingly for Kathy Hochul. By 20%, they wanted her. Nassau went for Zeldin, Suffolk, uh, Dutchess County, Rockland County, Orange County, all went for Zeldin. They all have restraining orders now against bringing in any migrants from New York City. Eric Adams is now going to go to court and battle them. And I say, wait a second, George Latimer wants them? And I'm going to go out there and scout the locations. Can I give you the locations I visited yesterday? Oh, I yesterday? can't wait to hear this. Yes. Oh, by the way, one quick note before you get yes, to George yes. Latimer locations. Uh, my friend Lynn uh, says, uh, will you stop confusing the Cuomos are from Holliswood, not Briarwood? Oh, excuse me. Hollisswood, Briarwood. They're all, all right. near Jamaica Estates. They, they were friends with the yeah. Trumps. Okay. okay. But she is correct. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. All right. First off, I went to Armonk, which is right by the Westchester County well, Airport. Right by Brewster, right up of like 64, right? Very wealthy. Lovely. Area. Very democratic, yeah. very yeah. liberal, very progressive. The La Quinta Inn and Suites, 140 rooms, <laughs> yeah. is open for business. 
They know the city's checks will not bounce. <laughs> they know it's a guaranteed lease for at least a year. They're more than happy to deal with Eric Adams' representatives. I'm going to send over the information to City Hall when we're finished. Second, Yorktown Heights. You know who lived in Yorktown Heights? It's a beautiful area. Uh, Sandy Ocasio, better name, uh, better known as AOC, or loud crazy well, Alexandria Ocasio. But I, but I thought she grew up in a very, very poor neighborhood. Get out of here! <laughs> she went to Yorktown High School. Her name was Sandy Ocasio. So I've gone up there, and they're more than happy. And, and all of these places, and when I was talking to people, they said, Curtis, there's such a shortage of day laborers. We need people to cut the lawn, clean the pool, build our back porches up, trim the trees. We need old pairs. We need domestic workers. So look, Westchester County is the only place that is a sanctuary county. They want them. George Latimer has gone on Channel 12 and said, we'll take more. I've been to Bedford Hills. I've been to Katona. I've been to Scarsdale, where your people's rule. I've been to Larchmont. And the last, I stood outside of the Starbucks on Main Street and South Greeley Avenue, the Martha's Vineyard of Westchester, Chappaqua, the whitest suburb in America, where even the lawn jockeys are white. (laughs) And I said, you gotta take your fair share. And they were saying, oh yes, you know, this is, this is the home of Bill and Hillary. I said, I know, 33 (laughs) Old House Lane. They have a guest house there. So I've done all the scouting. I'm not charging the city. This is all volunteer. This is all volunteer. I want to help Eric Adams distribute the migrants, but especially to the most democratic of all counties that has welcomed the migrants. And the only place he has them is at one location on Tuckahoe Road in Yonkers. That's not fair. No, no, no. Come no. on. I, let's Fine. spread the wealth to the wealthy. <laughs> Look, they need people to cut the lawn, clean the pools, build the back porches up, trim the trees. They need old pairs, domestic workers. Wasn't that what Kathy Crimewave Hoka was saying the other day? Oh, you're all bigots in the suburbs. You're bigots. So let's prove in Westchester that you're not bigots, that you really are good Democrats, liberals, and progressives, and let's welcome in the migrants so they can work and they can be there available for you for day labor see how good i am see i knew when you said to me at about six fifty-seven this morning that you were going to say nice things about the mayor who's set to join me in about 20 minutes i knew there was a touch of tongue-in-cheek and sarcasm no no oh no 100 percent. and now are you sending all this stuff to our mutual friend at city hall who i spoke to last night twice yes our friend fabian levy absolutely oh look he, at you he's been so good at getting back to our crackerjack news team with the crackerjack prize in the box Noam laden our news director and james flip and every time we ask an inquiry he answers he says everything's on the table everything's on the table look these people want the migrants they're Democrats. They voted for Kathy Hochul. <laughs> Eric Adams was standing next to Kathy Hochul the other day when she claimed that people who live in the suburbs are bigots she did if, say they, that, yeah. if they don't yeah. accept right, the migrants. That's right. yes. I don't want anybody no. in Westchester to be called well, a want, bigot. I want you to do me a favor. Yes. That's an excellent job out of you. Tremendous work. Again, proving what a great New Yorker you are. I want you to go to my mother. Did you hear my mom two days ago? Oh, yes, yes. Now, she's in the Jewish Himalayas or the Irish Alps. Correct. Uh, Noam, do you mind uh, very, very quickly reminding Curtis and the listeners the four big points that my mother made on her latest appearance 
What were the four big points? The uh, four points were uh, Mayor Adams is a dirtbag. No, that was unfortunate. No, that's not true. Not not true. true. Yeah. 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 Uh, That President Obama is a punk. That is true. No, no. Well, we got to be nice. They love them in Westchester. I'm trying to get the migrants into Westchester. Your mother, Naomi, is not helping me. (laughs) What else? She said, uh, if illegals show up at her house in Sullivan County, she will blow them away. They got to go to college. <laughs> Eric Adams is selling them, sending them to right. Sullivan Community College, two years, SUNY school. <laughs> Come on, Naomi. Like Jews, they want an education. <laughs> they know an education is the way up. And what was the last thing? And finally, to top it off, she says someone needs to kill the president. <laughs> oh, you just can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Naomi. I know. The FBI is Secret be there Service, the ignore that. <laughs> yeah. It's Naomi. So, She's just is, angry. But no, but the point is, she lives in uh, Kanyanga Lake, Sullivan County, yes. where, uh, by the way, the executive, uh, the county executive has a restraining order. Yes, yes. Uh, she's six miles outside of Monticello, but she lives, and, you know, three of my sisters, all three of my sisters have homes there, my cousin Candy, all of them. But she lives with basically white, Jewish, and Italian wealthy people. Yentes. Yentes, of the, I mean, with a capital Y. And uh, some of these people who live there, including the, the Shamos, I'll call them out, uh, I grew up with these people. They, they seem very nice. But they do things like they put signs on their lawn, you know, racism doesn't live here, as if it lives next door. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's yeah, gross. Yeah. So what I want you to do is, when you're done with the Westchester people, yeah, yeah. if my folks up in Kanyanga Lake, these Democrats who hate Trump, if they are so welcoming and so tolerant... Yeah. Take a couple, yes. put them inside your house. Yeah, pick up truck, Shame out, uh, right? put them in the pickup truck, yeah. we'll come. And by yeah. the way, my sister Alana, you know what? I know when Daniel and Evan and Tamara aren't there, yes. take three or four illegals and put them in your yes. house. Can, can can you lend your mother Naomi to me to let her be the boobies, the Zeta I never had? Of course. Is it okay? Because <laughs> she was from Brooklyn, I'm from Brooklyn, you're from Brooklyn. Yeah. She could be my Jewish grandmother that I never had. Well, she still spends time in Brooklyn because my sister, Ray Sherry, who I'm very close with, and my brother-in-law, Albert, they live in uh, Mill Basin. Oh, Mill Basin, yes, right, right next to Canarsie. Yes. I used to drive through your area to get back to Ray Sherry's house. D- does she visit the Corones? You know, that's where they're oh, from. That's there. My, hey, that's Marine my Park guy. in Mill Basin. Anthony Colon, Joe Torrey. Remember, Joe Torrey was from there. <laughs> yes, Marine yes. Park. That's right. Hey. Our own Rudy Giuliani was from there. He was from there and then ran, ran to Garden City. I will tell you this. I am going to volunteer my services, George Vladimir, who was uh, too sheepish to appear with Sid Rosenberg. And let's let's join arm in arm with the migrants and let's bring them to the Mar- Marinac Hotel. I'm going to be there later on. The beach is right there. Yeah. The county runs Rye Playland. Have you ever been to Rye Playland? Of course. So the Rangers work out there. Oh, let me tell you uh, something. I've been to purchase Rye, all those areas. Free rides on the Dragon Coaster. <laughs> Free cerveza for the adults. Come on, George Latimer. Join me. You're the county executive. You run Rye Playland. Let's open up Rye Playland. To all the migrants and illegal aliens, let's join arm in arm because you are the only blue county who has rolled out the red carpet. And Eric Adams, I want you to know I'm your scout. I'm your volunteer. I have found places where they share the politics, like in Martha's Vineyard, where they want the illegals, they want the migrants, but I don't know if they're willing to let them stay. But they want them to cut their lawns 
clean their pools, build their back porches, trim their trees, be their old pads and change the dirty water diapers on their grandchildren and children and be their domestic slaves, I mean domestic workers. So Curtis Sleewood delivers to you, Eric Adams. I found the county, Westchester County, the executive George Latimer, who wants all your migrants. Let's work together in solidarity for the benefit of New York City. Share, right, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb? We bigots. We're going to do our fair share. We bigots. We're going to help you both. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Tina Turner passed away yesterday at the age of 83. I was sitting with friends in the morning tribute continues. We do this all the time. Birthdays, passings. We talk about the greats. We honor the greats. We play their great music. Tina Turner, gone at the age of 83. The queen of rock and roll. First African-American female performer on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. 12 Grammys, including a Lifetime Achievement Award. Just an amazing star, born in Tennessee in 1939. And as I said earlier, she was actually born Anna Mae Bullock, and she went by Little Ann early in her career. And then uh, Old Dyke came uh, running by. 1962, she married that animal, and he was that. And they stayed married for 17 years till 1978, when, as Lou told you earlier, another fight in a car. She took her 36 cents in her mobile card and said, see ya. I'm out. And six years later, private dancer. And that was the beginning of a monster solo career for the great Tina Turner. All right. Been a great show already. Brian Kilmeade in the 6 o'clock hour once again. That's why he's on every day now. Curtis Sliwa, a tremendous job moments ago. A lot of big guests still to come your way. There was a letter that the Trump team sent to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. You can actually see it on Trump's social media this morning. Very interesting. And we're going to talk to one of Trump's attorneys, Alina Haba, makes her debut coming up at 8.05. We had Idala Tuesday, Dershowitz Wednesday, Takapina tomorrow, 
And how about today? Nobody does attorneys like me. Noam Layden, his nuggets coming up at 825. The big guy, the ratings grabber, Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840. My dear friend, the always very entertaining Bo Dito, live in studio at 905. The great columnist from the New York Post, Michael Goodwin, coming up at 925. But coming up next, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Like the folks you meet on, like to plant my feet on the Brooklyn Bridge. What a lovely view from heaven looks at you from the Brooklyn Bridge. I love to listen to the wind through her strings, the song that she sings for the town. I love to look up at the clouds in her hair. She's learned to wear like a crown If you've been a rover Journey's end Lies over the Brooklyn Bridge Don't let no one tell you I've been trying to sell you The Brooklyn Bridge All the folk in Manhattan are sad Cause they look at her And wish they had The good old Brooklyn Bridge If you've been a rover Journey's end lies over the Brooklyn Bridge. Don't let no one tell you that I've been trying to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. You'll miss her most when you roam, cause you'll think of her and think of home. The good old Brooklyn What a beautiful song. Frank Morano, the host of The Other Side of Midnight, who's a great host, who was on this show yesterday, he um, said, you got to hear this song by Frank Sinatra. And I don't even think Joe Piscopo knows that song. I really don't. He's never performed it. Brooklyn Bridge. And uh, that is one of the stories we're going to discuss with the mayor when he calls in. There's a new park there. You got a bunch of stuff. I mean, the illegals, obviously, the migrants, that'll be the bulk of the conversation. I am not promising you a no-holds-barred conversation like the Andrew Cuomo stuff. I never promised you that, and it's not going to happen. I'm going to ask him the tough questions about the things you guys do care about, but he's going to come back. 
Now, if I was interviewing Cuomo, I couldn't give a rat's ass whether he came back or not. I'd blow him up right there. That would be it. See ya. One and done. I'm okay with that. Not with the mayor. So don't start texting me and Instagramming me and Facebooking me. Oh, there's always going to be no holds barred. I never said that. Did I? No. Um, I'm checking my notes. No, I didn't. You didn't say that. Fabian Levy just texted me. He's, he's an, I like Fabian, man. He said um, he's going to call you in one minute, uh, the mayor, Eric Adams. Fleet Week is this week, too, as you know. And you get all these really handsome sailors walking around Manhattan in their white suits. We used to live... Danielle and I down by uh, Wall Street, Hanover Square, right down the block from Stone Street. Stone Street is uh, is an old, old street, not far from France's Tavern. It's the oldest and newest part of New York. It's called Fidei, the financial district. And Stone Street is a bunch of bars and restaurants. And we were there one night in a bar having dinner during Fleet Week, and some sailor in a white um, uniform actually gave Danielle a bullet from, like, one of the ship's that we've kept to this day. So we love this week here in New York. So with that said, here he is, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. And, uh, Erica, you had, you just missed, I just played the entire song. It's a song by Frank Sinatra that no one knows, no one knows, and it's called Brooklyn Bridge. And I'm telling you, Mr. Mayor, it is a great song. And how apropos, after that wonderful day you had yesterday, the 140th birthday of the Brooklyn Bridge and that new park on the Manhattan side. You would love that song, Eric. Trust me. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely download it. That's the great of social media. You can find what you need it when you need it. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Mr. Mayor, Brooklyn Bridge. So, uh, tell us about this uh, this new park on the Manhattan side that opened yesterday, celebrating the 140 year anniversary. Well, some of the best ideas that we implement come, uh, they come from everyday people in the city. And I was approached by a team of residents in the area uh, while I was out on the campaign trail. They told me about the bridge being closed for 10 years due to major construction, the park being closed due to major construction. And I had the team look at it. And they were right. <clears throat> and so we made a commitment uh, with the skateboarders. The resident, this park is known by skateboarders uh, all around uh, the city, if not the country. Some of the giants were there. And we made a commitment with the team there that we would uh, open a park and invest money into getting the park up and operated. And yesterday, uh, the deal was sealed. And we brought together the residents, the communities, and a lot of the skateboarders and you know, made the announcement. We were really excited about it because it was just really showing how government works, you know, how ideas can come from those who live in the area, uh, having accessibility to, you know, everyday elected, and then uh, going out and executing the plan. You know, that's why it's so important to stay on the ground, Said you know, uh, the, I think that the uniqueness of this administration is how much we're just out there on the ground talking to everyday people on the subways, walking the streets, uh, doing those basic things of good old-fashioned uh, being, you know, like that, that we call that visiting doctor. Yep. To, House calls. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. today's also another exciting day, but if I 
to, if I could just say before you get started, uh, Fleet Week. We have an amazing breakfast this morning. Uh, our sailors are here. Uh, sometimes we think of, of this important weekend, Memorial Day. Uh, we don't realize that what it's all about. It's all about those men and women who watered the tree of freedom with their blood. Uh, we enjoy living in this country, uh, having a country uh, where you can go from working in the mailroom to becoming a mayor. Uh, that's what's great about this country. We need to acknowledge the men and women who are in our armed services, that they provide that foundation. That's what made our country great for so many years. And so let's think about them over, the, over this, uh, this weekend as we acknowledge a memorial, memorial Day. It really means a memorial moment for those men and women. Couldn't agree more. I said that, in fact, uh, last hour, Mr. Mayor, that while you're eating your hot dogs and hamburgers and drinking beer, it's going to be a beautiful day. That's right. You're home for a reason, and that is the courage of our men and women. Right now, there's a lonely kid, like I said, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and in hundreds of places all over the world, and they deserve uh, to be commended, and certainly the ones that lost their lives deserve to get your respect for the ultimate sacrifice. So I was going to bring up Fleet Week, but it was kind of funny, Mr. Mayor, because he said, before we get started, and uh, I, I would imagine you're talking about the migrant conversation, but I was going to bring up Fleet Week, too, and the Brooklyn Bridge was some nice things going on in New York City the last couple of days. But the migrant stuff, of course, is what has hijacked the news. You know that. I'm going to say this, and uh, this may sound really stupid, Eric, but that's okay because I'm just a radio host. People say to me all the time, Look, in the beginning, it was one thing. The mayor was maybe even too nice. Come on in. Now, those same people, I'll be honest, some of them, feel badly for you. They go, listen, the guy was too welcoming, to be honest, at the very beginning, way too welcoming. But now they've taken advantage and they're killing him. What's stopping Mayor Eric Adams from saying the next time the bus comes? No, you're not going to a gymnasium. You're not going to Sullivan County. You're not going anywhere in my state. I'm up to 80,000 people. I can't do it anymore. Take that bus and turn it around. Go back to D.C. Wherever you came from, we are not taking any more people. I get asked that all the time, Mr. Mayor. Is that not a possibility? Yeah, and I, and I think that it was, <clears throat> it, was, it was reported in our locals uh, that uh, we sent out a message that uh, everyone can come to New York City and no matter how much, how many times uh, we brought clarity to that, it was just continuously reported. Uh, our position was clear all the time that uh, we have to abide by the law. Eric Adams did not write these laws. Uh, we have a New York State Constitution, and we have we have had lawsuits uh, for many years, over 40 years ago, uh, when we were de- dealing with 2,500 people in our uh, shelter system. And those laws are in place, and I'm never going to do anything uh, that is going to violate the law. And so what is taking place right now, as you know, um, our corporation counsel asked to go back into court and get clarity around those laws. And when you think about it, uh, when laws were written, I don't think anyone thought about a humanitarian crisis of this proportion. So it's not just that simple for any state in the union to tell people, no, you cannot enter our state. Okay. 
that is just not that simple. That's not the country that we okay. that we are. You know, you can only imagine if we've done that throughout the years when many people yeah. made their to America to say, no, you can't come into our state. The question becomes, how do you do it correctly? That is what we're saying. And New York City should not be uh, the blueprint for every other state to say, send whomever come to the city as asylum seeker or any way, it should go to New York City. That is just not right. There was a rumor that you were actually in court, uh, Mr. Mayor, my friend Eric Adams, a couple of weeks ago, talking about maybe shutting Sanctuary City. But I think people got confused, and it wasn't the Sanctuary City. It was the right to shelter. Now, your critics say the mayor is confusing right to shelter between the homeless and the migrants, that right to shelter was put in place for Americans and the homeless, not for these illegals that are coming in by the thousands every day. What about that point from your critics? Well, you know, uh, being in New York City is critics. <laughs> we're, a city, <laughs> we're a city of 8.5 million people around that number. And, you know, we got 50 million opinions. <laughs> Governing a yeah. city is complex. You have to be prepared to hear from those who want to uh, critique you and those who want to agree with you. What it comes down to is that uh, those who are here as my as asylum seekers, they are not here illegally. They were paroled into the country by the Custom Border Patrol. They're here legally, and that's what people are mixing up. They're mixing up those who are here illegally. That's where the, uh, the uh, sanctuary city terminology comes from. That has nothing to do with the migrant and asylum seekers. And again, this is going to play out in court. We would get clarity on many levels because there are many things that we need to get clarity on around this issue. And that's the purpose of the Corporation Council, and I'm going to be guided by their decision. But in the interim, uh, we think that the federal government must come up with a real decompression strategy and we need a decompression strategy also here in the state. No, but, but, when you, but, Eric, when you say the federal government, I think you'd make a lot of people in this city happy if you said Joe Biden. Joe Biden did this. Joe Biden, it's his policy. Donald Trump had to remain in Mexico. He had all these things going on. You can say what you want about Republicans, Mr. Mayor, with the immigration reform. The fact is we had a Republican president for four years. We had none of these problems. None of them. Zero Joe Biden takes over, bang, we're getting slaughtered with migrants all over the country. So I think people would really appreciate it if you would just say Joe Biden. Well, the, the, goal, the goal is not to find appreciation. The goal is to find uh, a real way to manage the problem. And we did have this problem uh, when uh, President Trump was in office. What happened is that they put in place Title 42 because of the COVID issue. The, the issue that for far too long uh, the Republicans have pushed against immigration reform. That has been the biggest impediment for years, not this year, but for years. The, we, need to, we need to address the, that their unwillingness to deal with immigration reform. Now, that's a that's a, the foundational problem we're facing, but that does not take away from the fact 
that we need the White House to ensure that we have a real decompression strategy and give people the right to vote. That's the number one thing I hear, Sid. When I go and I speak to asylum seekers and migrants, they say, we don't want your free um, room and board. We don't want you to do anything for us. We want to work. Yeah. And we have, we have a large number of jobs that are available. It's not like we don't have jobs. It's not taken away from Americans. These jobs are vacant right now. And we need to allow people to work. That's what this country But, but aren't you worried? But if you do that, I understand that. It makes sense, uh, Mr. Mayor. Certainly it does. But aren't you worried that if you do do that, you're going to incentivize more of these people who right now are struggling in Ecuador or Venezuela or who knows where to come here? I mean, I, I don't know about – look, I'm going to be honest. I don't like it when politicians call me a racist because I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. – you know where I live. You know exactly where I live, Eric. I don't want these migrants in my community. And I don't want to be called a racist for it. I don't. I don't want them there, especially now, because at least right now I'm paying for these people. So don't you know? I don't want to be called a racist and a bad guy. I don't want to incentivize more of these migrants to come to America. And if we start giving them jobs on top of everything else, aren't we doing that? Well, well, what's interesting is that two things. When I when I hear that um, that it wouldn't incentivize people already incentivized. <laughs> that's true. You're right. No, that's true. That's true. It's true. We got 70,000 migrant asylum seekers that have, that have come through the city. The floodgates are already open. And and the second thing, if you were to uh, – I think everyone should visit the Museum of the City of New York that I was in yesterday. If, if you were to go to that museum and walk through or just Google the history of all of us, there has not been one ethnic group that people did not say, I don't want them here. Not one. I don't care who it is, if it's African-Americans, if it's Chinese-Americans, if it's Italian-American, Irish-Americans, all of us heard the sentence, I don't want them here. If you speak to your, your grandparents or your, your parents, uh, they will all tell you what it was like trying to go and pursue the American dream. I want people here that want to work, that wants to contribute to the city. The number of immigrants that did not stay home during COVID and made sure the city continued to operate is remarkable. Yeah. And so yeah. We just got to do this right. Yeah. We're not doing it right. That's the problem. All right, two more, and we'll move off of this. And then I know you got a busy day ahead of you. you got the, the Fleet Week breakfast. they got 200 sailors coming to your place there. Um, these county executives that are suing, I know you're going to be in court a lot, starting with Ed Day, who, by the way, uh, physically threatened you. <laughs> um, what, what does that look like the next couple of days and weeks moving forward with all these lawsuits from these county executives? Well, you know, we I, I just believe, you know, call me a little old-fashioned, but I just believe in our system of justice in America. I've been all over the globe, and no one does it like our country. There, there are times I disagree with the outcome. There are times I agree with it, but our process is a clear one. And I think that it's, it's important for us to go to court, present our case, which we think we're on solid ground, and, you know, say to the state that we all are responsible here. You know, say New York City is the economic engine of the state, and we're the yeah. economic engine of the country. No we, doubt. For, for years, we sent more to, to Washington and Albany, then we've gotten back. And so right now, they all need to see the success of New York. 
is invested into the success of this entire state and country. And there's no way we can have our fellow counties say we have to be there for New York City when New York City has been here for the entire state for generations. All right, two more in the spirit of time. I know you got to run. Your chief housing officer, Jessica Katz, yesterday, she decided to leave. All right, uh, you'll appreciate this one, Eric. I know you will. Is she jumping off the Titanic, or is she leaving before the good party starts? <laughs> well, think, think about calling this administration the Titanic. Uh, Fitch, the bond raiders, raised our bond rate into a double A. We recovered 99% of the jobs that we lost uh, during the pandemic in our private sector. Uh, we are seeing crime decrease, homicides, shootings, some of the major crimes have decreased. Uh, the subway ridership is is up. Uh, I mean, you, you know, this administration has managed us through COVID, has managed us through crime, has managed, managed us now through this asylum seeker. Uh, this administration is a successful administration. I, I want to stop you for a second because I, I do love, Mr. Mayor, all the people you put in charge. I mean, I, I saw uh, Commissioner Shul again down by Battery Park uh, on Sunday, you know, for the uh, the NYBD Running Club 5K run. She's awesome. Uh, I've had Tish on the show, Sanitation. You know, just Monday, Eric, I had on um, Lou Molina from the DOC, the uh, the commissioner there. You have put some excellent people in very lofty positions. So congratulations on that. They come and go in government. People come and go in government. Uh, Jessica has helped us navigate a very difficult uh, legislative budget around housing. She's in charge of housing and housing you know, we have a real shortage of housing, and we have to incentivize more development. Uh, we, we're pushing to get, you know, low, uh, 421A. We were pushing to get some other items. All of these numbers don't mean a lot to New Yorkers uh, by the day-to-day. But what it means is we are attempting to build more housing. We have a housing shortage in our city, and there are ways to build more housing, and that's what, what we're trying to push our partners uh, around the uh, state and country, uh, uh, our national leaders, to make sure that we can incentivize to get more housing. And so, so we, we're doing a, a, a real reshifting of, of her portfolio, and we, we're excited about the future. Okay. So, brother, we're moving in the direction we should be moving in. No, I agree. I just wanted to uh, – how to make it interesting. You know, it's radio. i got to be funny. Uh, last one. <laughs> I want to be clear on this. You know, Jessica wrote every day. Every day, yeah, to you know ensure that you know New York is at the center of our housing policies. You know, we no administration has committed the amount of money that we committed, like Jessica did, and and including NYCHA. No one did this before. Uh, what she has did around NYCHA, the success of NYCHA Land Trust, uh, you know, securing millions of dollars for that. So she just had to get stuff done. A mindset. And uh, I cannot thank her enough for coming in and serving with us. So people would try to spin it any way they want. Uh, Brendan is is leaving this year. Uh, my charms person, Max, is going on to do some great things. People come in, yep. sacrifice their lives to be in government, and then they transition to other things. You know, this is this is a grind. Don't let nobody kid you. <laughs> no, it's a tough job. I know. Last two minutes. 
and we'll wrap yeah. it up. You've been great. I and mean, you, you discussed a lot of serious stuff, and, and you've been terrific as always. Daniel Penny, okay? Uh, this thing started, and you were like, hey, everybody loved what Eric Adams said. Listen, let's get all the facts, calm down. And then it seems like you kind of went the other way. You know, no one wanted Jordan Neely to die, including the hero. I'm calling him a hero. The hero Marine, Mr. Mayor. Nobody wanted that kid to die. But the truth is, and you deal with this every day, just a couple of days ago, another lady got attacked on the subway. She's paralyzed today. The truth is, people like that without a weapon can do stuff like this. And we need more New Yorkers to be encouraged to step up because cops can't be everywhere and do what Daniel Penny did. And a lot of folks are saying, well, now the mayor went the other way. And now he's kind of siding with Sharpton and Neely and not, not Mr. Penny. You want to clarify that here and wrap this up? No, no, no. no. The, the, the mayor has been the same way throughout my entire public life. And it's unfortunate that every incident, people want to find a left and right side. And everyone goes to their corner and see who's going to duke it out. And then we spend every sentence that comes out to aggravate an already difficult situation. So the mayor doesn't go different ways. I'm very consistent, and I've been consistent throughout my entire life. This is in the hands of the district attorney. The district attorney is now going through the process. This is the criminal justice system that we all believe in, and I will continue to believe in. What I must do is look after the Jordan Nailies that are on our subway system right now and make sure that we do what I attempted to do last year when I was saying, how do we deal with those who can't take care of their basic needs and they're endangered to themselves? What do we do? A lot of people talk about this issue, but I'm in the subway. I don't see too many people in the subways talking to the people who are dealing with serious, serious mental illness, giving them the care, trying to convince them to go into uh, treatment. And remember when I wrote this out and I came on your show and I talked about it, yep. people asked me because they said I'm trying to force everyone with the slight mental illness into uh, a treatment. Yeah. No, that's and I, by the way, I, I stuck up on you uh, back then because at least you had a plan, and I still give you credit for that. Right. And so, 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 so those who are saying that I'm going different ways and I'm doing different things, no, I'm not. I'm running a complicated city with many nuances, and far too often people think every issue is one way or the other, and it's not. We have to make sure we navigate the city out of the challenging times that we're in, and we need a steady hand at the wheel. That is what I represent to the city. I know you're late for a call, Fabian just texted me, Mr. Mayor, but you were you were great this morning. I got to tell you, man, and it means a lot because I had this conversation earlier. Prior mayors, they wouldn't come on this show, you know. So the fact that you're here every couple of weeks speaking to my listeners, it means a lot to me and uh, WABC, and you were great. Enjoy Fleet Week this morning, uh, Eric, and I'll talk to you later on today. Thank you so much. Okay, be well. Take All right, care. Mr. Mayor, take care. There he is. Eric Adams gave us a solid 16 minutes there. We're going to move Alina Hobbit, Trump's attorney, to 825. Sorry, Noam. Here's some more Frank Sinatra, Brooklyn Bridge. Like the folks you meet on, like to plant my feet on the Brooklyn Bridge. What a lovely view from heaven looks at you from the Brooklyn Bridge. Talk.
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Take me out tonight. Where there's music and there's people and the young and the line. Driving in your car, I never, never want to go home because I haven't got one anymore. Take me out. I love this song. There's a light that never goes out to Smith. Now, that was a great conversation with Adams. Covered everything. Brooklyn Bridge, Fleet Week, a lot on the migrants. A lot. A lot, as Trump would say. And even Daniel Penny. We got it, goalie. Not like you didn't like it. You know, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We, um, like the old Fox thing, which was actually a really good motto. We report, you decide. Now, of course... I do a lot of segments on this show, which are extremely popular, where I decide. (laughs) And I start yelling at everybody. But when you bring on a guest, unless it's Cuomo or, you know, somebody like that or Hochul or I don't know who's Osama bin Laden, if you had him at some point, I don't know. You bring on a guest and you let him talk. And then uh, if it infuriates you in your car, if you're furious, that's exactly what I want to hear. I've done my job. What did Alina Habba uh, say to you, Justin? Not often, I don't think a Trump attorney gets pushed off, but the Adams interview was was going so well, we had no choice. Uh, well, first I asked her how her day was going so far. Right, uh, that's what great. What had for breakfast. What? Yeah. You're so creepy. I'm just trying to get an in, just an inside look at, at, at you know, what, yeah. what makes her at, go. At but at if what? she was like 340 pounds with pimples and all that, would you ask her that? No, no. Yeah. No, I'd be like, hey, uh, you know. Yeah. Fatso, like, what yeah, time are you coming on? Hey, Fatso, want to call us back in 15 minutes? <laughs> no, but she, she, she seems super nice, and she's, uh, she's willing to give us a call back, which was very nice yeah. of her. We love the attorneys on this show. We do. We did uh, Idala Tuesday, Dershowitz Wednesday. How about coming up next and making his return after 10 days in Europe, Joe Tacopina. And I can't wait to talk to Tac, because a lot's happened with Trump the last 10 days, a lot. A lot more than you folks even know. I'm talking about his uh, legal stuff. Attack will be on tomorrow. And uh, Noam, now you got a whole bunch of good stuff all day. You and James and and uh, Bob Brown, all you guys. We do. Yeah. I thought. You know what I thought was interesting out of that interview was that uh, you were asking, of course, about the Jordan Neely case, Daniel Penny, and. I, I've forgotten that he was really pushing to confine the most mentally ill riding the subways into institutions, and he was completely mocked for it. Dumani Williams killed him for that. He did. And you wonder, I mean, I think it's a really fair question to say, would Jordan Neely still be alive today if he had been confined to no. one of those institutions? He would be alive, yes. is a great question, and the answer is yes. That goes to Eric Adams' credit. I even said during the conversation, hey, at least you tried. You had a plan. Some of it was pie in the sky. People didn't want cops turning into therapists. I get all that. I get all that. But at least he had a plan. And all these guys, Williams and others, just crapped all over it. Crapped all over it. 
And by the way, nothing's changed. No. Go into the subway now. Those yeah. people are still there. Oh, uh, it's terrible. And, you know, terrible. Jordan nearly would. They had 42 interactions with yeah. them, and they still could not confine him to a hospital after 42 interactions with mental health people, workers. That's yeah. crazy. Well, that was part of my issue with Rita's interview the other day, because Cuomo opened the door for her, and she blew it. You know, he, he blamed a lot of the crime in this city on mental illness, which is fine, because Jordan Neely was mentally ill. I got news for you. So was George Floyd. That was Rita's opportunity to say, well, Mr. Governor, if you're so upset about the mentally ill roaming our streets, which, of course, we all are, why did you close all the mental hospitals? And what was the lying bastard going to say then? She didn't do that. That was it right there. He blamed a lot of his crime on the mentally ill, and he's the one, he's the one who shut them all down. If she would have said that, I would have given her an A for the interview. But as it turns out, I'm not. So, Why are you laughing? Uh, that you didn't give her an A. Because well, yeah. you guys are such <laughs> pussies. Like, oh, she did great. Everybody does great. You know, you're so afraid to tell the truth, and I'm not. I, I didn't weigh in one, one way or another. Yeah, because you're a wuss. That's why. They literally pay him to be a, to be a wuss. To be to a be, wuss. Yeah. Not to be unbiased. Well, that's in, in Noam's defense, that's what news guys are supposed to be. And here I am. I always complain about Bill Ritter, and now I'm asking Noam to be like Bill Ritter. So I apologize <laughs> <laughs> Apology accepted. All right, thank you. We're gonna, <laughs> you You're welcome, Noam, for getting that out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I hated every second of that. I hated it. What kind of a pee would accept that apology? <laughs> I know, really. Come here and punch me in the face. Yeah, just, he's only 10 feet away. Go do something. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Trump attorney Alina Haba and then the great... The all-time great Bill O'Reilly, and then Bo Deedle, and then Michael Goodwin. Oh, my God. Four amazing guests in a row. Hava is next. Seventy-seven WABC. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. When I was a little girl. All right. Special thanks again to the mayor, Eric Adams, for the honest conversation. Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, Michael Goodwin, all coming up next. I did meet this next young lady. At Judge Janine's book party two nights ago at Smith and Malensky, you see her on television all the time, all the time. She is uh, one of Trump's uh, best attorneys. Her name is Alina Haba, and she's making her debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning right now. Alina, Miss Haba, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God, your phone sounds a little, uh, you're kind of coming in and out. Oh, you want a cell phone somewhere like in court or something? Yes, I'm in court. No, I'm not in court. No, I'm not. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, now you sound great. Now you sound great. great. Well, nice to have you. I know that uh, I want to get to something quickly before we get to Donald Trump. You you wrote something a couple of weeks ago, which caught the eye of a lot of people, including my wife, Danielle, who's also an attorney and, by the way, beautiful. And uh, you said something to the extent of, don't be mad at me. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Yes, I'm a good looking lady, but I'm also a great attorney. And you guys need to be able to separate the two. Do you feel like every day you have to go through that nonsense still? Yes. I think in particular for, uh, you know, 
the high profile cases that I handle and my age, um, initially people, and I still hear it, you know, the Twitter trolls saying, she, yeah, she's some pretty young girl. That must be why she got hired. Um, and it's disgusting. It's pathetic. You know, I know these people are calling from their, their mother's basement, but at the <laughs> end of the day, um, you know, I, I have a ton of accomplishments and it's sad that a woman, you know, who maybe doesn't fit the image of a typical attorney might be spoken to that way. So yeah, yeah I meant what I said. I remember I got a lot of backlash for that comment too, but the truth was a lot of people say to me, like, oh, I know why you got your job. And it's ridiculous. It's no, ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and it's gross. And I really thought we were past all that. But I will tell you this, and try to deny this, Alina. You walk into a courtroom. Uh, you're a, a, a lovely-looking lady. There's a judge sitting there who may have to decide on something. And, and you know that every now and then the judge may be caught up in all of that. And the decision may go your way. You're not going to deny that, are you? I mean, come on. Let's be honest. <laughs> no way. I'm, the, I'm not a feminist. Listen, that's the problem. Like, if that's going to help me, great. But I think the issue is more people wonder what your qualifications are, right? And and I've dealt with that a lot, especially working for President Trump, um, you know, because of a lot of things. I don't think it's just looks. I think it's age. Um, I am the only female attorney on the civil team up in New York that's, uh, you know, handling his stuff. And and it is predominantly a male run still business. And uh, most women that are in the legal field are not at the forefront of the legal field. You know, you have brilliant lawyers, but they're just not. So, no, if a judge is going to if it's going to work for me, hey, I'm happy to have it. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what? I always say just don't underestimate me because of my looks. (laughs) That's fair. Hey, listen, that's fair. And my wife goes through the same thing. Now, on the flip side, you and I are both very, very close. I've actually known this guy for 45 years. He's going to be on tomorrow. My dear friend, Joe Tacopina. He's a handsome guy. That doesn't help him in court. <laughs> I love Joe. Joe Joe's great. Uh, Joe Joe he's a really brilliant attorney. He's he did a really good job on the Carroll case. You know, it's it's a tough trial. It was a tough tough trial, and he stepped in and really quickly got up to speed. I, I was proud of what he did. I think he did a really good job. The jury didn't go our way, but that's what happens, and that's why we have the uh, appellate division. Yeah. Well, I can make the argument the jury did go your way because she contended one thing and one thing only rape. And the jury didn't give her that. So I actually thought it was a win for Joe Takapina. But I want to read you this. I agree. Uh, good. Uh, Todd Blanche, one of your uh, colleagues as well on the Trump team. This was on the President's Truth Social last night. And it reads like this. Dear Attorney General Garland, we represent Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of the United States, in the investigation currently being conducted by the Special Counsel's Office. Unlike President Biden, his son Hunter, and the Biden family, President Trump is being treated unfairly. No president of the United States has ever in the history of our country been uh, baselessly investigated in such an outrageous and unlawful fashion. We request a meeting at your earliest convenience to discuss the ongoing injustice that is being perpetrated by your special counsel and his prosecutors. Thank you for your attention in this matter. And it's uh, John Rowley. It's uh, James Trusty, Blanche, a whole bunch of folks. So, can you confirm this letter went to Merrick Garland, and uh, are you confident that the Attorney General will give you guys that meeting? Uh, not the case, so I'm very careful. I'm sure I don't speak to other team members' strategies or reveal any privileged information. 
Um, they're all, every single attorney you just named is very intelligent and they know what they're doing. I can't deny that I think that there needs to be a high level of uh, investigation as to why the president, President Trump, is investigated. Did it go to Merrick Garland? Well, it appears it did. Um, I think that what their, whatever the purpose is, I can tell you that I agree with their sentiments. You see such a dual system of justice coming out of the FBI and the DOJ. And to me, the biggest example of that is what happened with the Durham report. And that one speaks volumes to me because I personally sued um, Hillary Clinton on behalf of, and the DNC on behalf of the president. And we didn't even get heard by the judge. You know, we submitted papers. We didn't get hurt. And it was exactly on what Durham reported. So if anybody in this country can say that he is being treated exactly the same as the Biden family, that's just insanity to me. Yeah. You can't possibly say no. that. It, well, you can't you would have it. to have yeah. Yeah. blinders on completely. Right. Joe and Mika say it every morning. And, uh, you know, at CNN, they all yeah. say it. But they're crazy sure. people. Yeah, they're, they're, they're horrible people. Horrible people. Alina Haba joining us right here, the one of the great attorneys for, for, uh, for President Trump. So you say you're involved in uh, a lot of his civil stuff. Uh, for example, yeah. E. Jean Carroll was awarded $5 million on that Takapina trial, which is ridiculous. Now, because he called her a whack job, which she is, mind you, on CNN, now she wants more money. So I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know what you're know, shocking. Now she really, by the way, she showed her true colors there, Alina, didn't she? So I don't know yeah. if you're involved in the civil matters with that case or what case I is specific. Oh, you are. So does she I not am. show her true colors right there? Yes. Um, she, look, I am incredibly sympathetic to real rape victims. Okay. Anybody who is a victim of sexual assault, uh, anybody who is hurt in that manner should go to the police, should try and get the therapy they need, should get treatment they need and follow through accordingly. Okay. I also understand that it's difficult for those victims. But what I don't stand for is somebody who is um, manipulating the system to sell a book. I don't stand for that. I don't stand for somebody who says she was raped after a jury said you're not raped. You were not raped. And now doubles down because I guess five million wasn't enough. She wants to amend her first complaint and now say, oh, oh, I want to add on all of these comments from CNN where he's a political candidate and has to defend himself and has a First Amendment right. And on top of that, guess what, guys? Remember my complaint from 2018 where I said he raped me? Well, now that I found out that he didn't rape me and the jury wouldn't buy that, let's change every 72 words into sexual assault <laughs> instead of rape. Right. I don't believe in that. That's not justice. That's called retrofitting, and it's garbage, and I'm not going to stand for it. So we'll be fighting that very hard. Good. Good to hear that. So on the way out, uh, great having you, and I hope you become like Takapina, Donna Dershowitz, uh, a regular uh, guest on this show. be great. I would love to. Oh, great. Thank you. So without getting specific about your responsibilities on what cases, uh, Alvin Bragg, clearly the Manhattan DA, hates your client, and <laughs> he hates him, and he'll do whatever he can to destroy him. By the way, I hate Alvin Bragg, so that's fine. Uh, and the <laughs> Attorney General, Letitia James, she's no better. She hates her client, and I hate her, too, by the way. I hate them both. Uh, so how difficult is your job every day, Alina, dealing with a DA and an AG that are hell-bent on just destroying President Trump? Um, I don't think that's any different than the Carroll case where you have judges that are hell-bent on destroying Trump, right? Right. You, you have to— Oh, Carole, what do you mean? Kaplan wasn't fun? He wasn't nice? 
<laughs> Look, I, I respect Judge Kaplan, and I respect that all the judges are doing their job. But I think that when you start to see that decisions go awry and don't make sense, um, it, you, you get concerned, right? And Bragg and Letitia James are examples of the many, frankly, AGs and DAs in this country that are politically motivated. We should not have politicians in power over criminal activity, over civil activity and businesses and punishing them for politically motivated reasons or because they're Soros backed. Not acceptable. Um, and look, we fight every day. You know that it is a fight. But do I uh, how difficult is it? I love my job. I'll be honest with you. I love it. I wake up. I fight every day to bring something that no other lawyer can can get faced with in a typical day. So I have a great team around me, Joe Tacopina, some of the other attorneys you mentioned, and, and some a few that you haven't mentioned, but fight with me. And, and we believe in the Constitution and the American bedrock, and we're going to keep fighting. So screw them. <laughs> there you go. That's a perfect ending. That's a perfect thing. You see, now you know your place on this show. That's exactly how we talk. And, and just so you know, we're not in the courtroom with you, but we are fighting with you, the uh, great Americans that are on this show and listen to this show Every day. So thank you for coming on today and keep coming thank back, you. Alina. Terrific job. Great job. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. You too. Great meeting you too. There she is, Alina Haba, one of the great attorneys at Donald Trump. He's got a pretty good team, man. Jeez. Takapina and Blanche and her and Susan. You didn't want to tell her that I was going to say goodbye. Don't talk to her. Okay. I'm trying to get her back on the show. You. Yeah. I'm telling you, you God. don't let him talk to her anymore. Oh, yes. I'll just give you a heads up. I just, I'm just i a big fan of her work. No, you, you don't, you don't even know what she does. You me. don't even know what she does. I heard you that. saw her picture yeah. on Instagram, and, and you don't even know what she does, no. do you? she sell art? <laughs> he <laughs> sells art, right? Yeah. Like Deirdre, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's hoping yeah. for, this, some kind he's of art. an idiot. All I heard was muttering. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm Justin. I'm Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time, I'm going to bring Mike Garcia back just to get the phone. <laughs> uh, Bill O'Reilly was God. listening to Mayor Adams, and he has a lot to say about that. That's exciting. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. I call you, I need you, my heart's on fire. God rest her soul. We lost the great Tina Turner yesterday at the age of 83. We've been paying tribute to Tina all morning. And Lou said, hey, O'Reilly's coming up next. And I always say, whether it was yesterday, today, or tomorrow, the best ever is Bill O'Reilly. He just is. He's the best ever. And it was Lou Rafino who said, let's use simply the best 
Tina Turner, and of course I agreed with that, whether it's uh, here 9 p.m. every weeknight on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com, which has millions of members, millions, great TV shows and interviews and columns, his killing series, all of it. And he did contact me and say he was listening to the mayor's conversation with me about an hour ago. So here he is, as Tina Turner would say, simply the best, my friend Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Very nice of you, Sid, as usual. I wrote a uh, message of the day about Ms. Turner on BillOReilly.com. And you should check in with that message. I think, what do you get up at, like 2.30 in the morning or whatever, something Three, like that? 3.30, close, yes. 3.30, okay. <laughs> um, read the message of the day. Well, it'll be posted about 8. But when you get into WABC, always check the message because I'm, I'm basically driving the narrative of what is going to be in the news cycle that day. And I wrote about Tina Turner that younger Americans in particular um, should um, emulate her life because she had it very, very difficult. A uh, child of poverty, uh, married into uh, a hateful marriage where uh, it was just beyond the pale with this Ike Turner character and overcame it. And and that's the key to life. Love that. That when you get it, when you are handed adversity. Yep. You have to overcome it or you are destroyed. So that's a message on Miss Turner and uh, best um, female rock performer live I've ever seen. Wow. That is yeah. a very ring. That's a big ring endorsement, uh, Bill. Yeah, Stevie Nicks is the best uh, vocalist uh, female. Elvis is the best uh, stage performer male. Tina Turner, best stage performer female. But I think isn't your favorite group Still the Beach Boys. Or yeah, no? but they're not doing the little dance. The right. That, no, they're not. You don't I want like to see little... Mike. You don't want to see Mike dancing up there like Tina. Yeah, I like the little <laughs> dance. I saw Cool and the Gang at the Westbury uh, about ten days ago, and they would do. I like the little dance because yeah. I I do the little dance. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. The message of the day, folks. Check it out. And you just laid it out perfectly. She finally left Ike Turner with a mobile card and thirty six cents in nineteen seventy eight, and six years after that. Private Dancer came out in 1984, and she enjoyed decades of great success. God rest her soul. So you did hear, Bill, my conversation with the mayor. You and I talk about Adams on this show quite a bit. You do, too, on BillOReilly.com, the No Spin News. What did you, what did you think of uh, Adams this morning? Well, um, with all due respect to uh, Mayor Adams, he doesn't really have a good grasp of the facts of what's happening in the open border area. And, and that is a little disturbing to me. Because I'm a taxpayer, and my tax money, billions, are going to house and feed and take care of these migrants. Now, I'm not a cut-them-off-throw-them-out kind of guy. Because I'm Catholic, and I want to get into the Catholic thing after this. Uh, and my religion compels me, Judeo-Christian philosophy compels us to help the downtrodden, and certainly these migrants are that. Number one, they are not here legally, Mr. Mayor. They are not applying for asylum legally. There are rules under U.S. immigration law on how to apply for asylum. These people are not doing it. You know, it's funny you say that, because when he said it, they're here legally. I could have stopped them right there. No, no it's not worth it. Right, it's Let right. him get his thing on the record. Exactly. But I'm now fact-checking him, okay? They are not here legally, so that is a myth. Number two, all right? The reason there is no deal in Congress is because Democrats insist on amnesty 
for 20 million foreign nationals that are here or have been here. 20 million. Amnesty, all of them. M13, amnesty. Hmm. No. It's never going to happen. So stop with this. They can't come to a deal. If there's a reasonable deal put on the table, they'll, they'll get it. But not full amnesty. Number three. Well, by the way, have the Republicans opened up something like that without full amnesty that looks somewhat appetizing? There isn't one Republican in the country who can articulate anything. I agree. All right? If Mitch McConnell is the most powerful Republican, and he is, I agree. all right, this guy can barely get out of bed. <laughs> talk about Biden. Yeah. These two, Biden and McConnell, should be in a golf cart in the villages. <laughs> okay? Do we yeah. all get that? Yeah. All right, three. This is a theft, Mayor Adams, of New York City and state tax money. You are stealing the money from us because you won't enforce the law. No, I, did, I, 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 City, I did say that to him. I did say I'm sick of paying taxes for these right. people. Yes. But a sanctuary city is a violation of U.S. immigration law. So Mayor Adams himself is violating the law. Do we all understand that? Say that again. Sanctuary cities say the city of New York will not cooperate with immigration authorities on the federal level. That's what a sanctuary city is. That's a violation. Federal law trumps city and state law. You have an obligation to cooperate with the immigration authorities, Mayor Adams. And if you don't, you're breaking the law. You know, it's funny. I'm so glad you're doing this, and this is why you are the best, and you're proving it again this morning. Because when I brought up Sanctuary City, he was quick to move right back to right to shelter. I know you noticed that. So I'm glad you brought this up because he doesn't talk much about the Sanctuary City. And that's the genesis of all this. That That's why Biden did the open border thing, because the Democratic Party has embraced not enforcing the immigration law. The whole party has. But what if I read you this? Here's a listener. I love Bill O'Reilly, but tell Bill Adams knows the exact facts about the border. He just doesn't care. He's no, a Democrat. He hack. Okay. I don't. I don't look. The, the the email is might be correct that he doesn't care, but he doesn't know. I, I'm convinced of that. He doesn't know. If you went and, and said, said, next time he's on, can you explain how people uh, apply for asylum, Mr. Mayor? <laughs> oh, come on. Do you think he could uh, explain it? <laughs> no, no way. That you got, you have to go to a port of entry? Do you think he knows that? No, I no. don't think so. No. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't believe so. And finally, you were right. Trump stopped this by forcing Obrador in Mexico to put his troops on the border. Mexican troops on our border and on the border, a border with Guatemala. But he said no. He said that's why they had to put Title 42 into place, so COVID, that's blah, bull. blah, that, I'm not going to use an obscenity. That's bull. <laughs> the army, the Mexican army stopped it because Trump said if you don't put the troops on the border, I'm slapping a 25% tariff on all Mexican goods coming into the USA. That's what happened. I'm so tired of this BS, I can't tell you. So you just heard the truth here.
Loved it. Now I got to go to the Catholic Church because you got a lot of Catholics listen to you because Long Island and Westchester and Connecticut is a lot of Catholics among the 16 million people who live in the New York metropolitan And don't forget, of course, Bill O'Reilly, that while you and I are very close and I love you, that I've also got uh, a lot of love for the for Bill Donahue, who actually runs a Catholic league here in yeah, New York. Yeah, he gets me a little annoyed, but that's okay. His heart is in the right place. Right, right, right. But he's not a persuader. So I've been doing this. I broke this story this week. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Does that ring a bell to you? No. They invaded a cathedral in San Francisco. Two of them got the Holy Communion wafer in their hand, as Catholics do. They took it out of the church and defiled it in front of a camera. What? But when was yeah, this? Yeah. When was this? How long ago? Um, it was a few years back. Wow. Then they had a Jesus and Mary strip show where a nearly naked man was on a cross upside down, writhing around. Come on. No. This has been going on for years. So who's getting honored by the Los Angeles Dodgers and the L.A. Angels on their gay pride night? Don't tell me this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And this, is, this story has been blacked out. Wow. By the network news, CNN and MSNBC. I broke it. Now it's getting steam. Now it's taking on steam. Okay? Now the Dodgers, this is it started there. They have a gay pride night. No problem. Okay, fine. But they're honoring this group in the gay pride Jeez. night. They'll be on the field. Oh, my God. This I mean, is a hate group. Yes. Now, if somebody went into a synagogue and defiled the Torah, they'd be in handcuffs. Well, I don't know about that, unfortunately. No, it would be. It's a hate crime, Sid. I know, but but there's a lot of anti-Semitism here in the city. Yes, and, I know that. And people get away with it. But you're right. I mean, the spirit, you're correct. You can't do that. You just can't do right. it. And if you went into a mosque and assaulted an imam or Allah or Mohammed, you would be in handcuffs. Wow. Okay, there are laws in this country where you can't attack religion like these Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have done. And the L.A. Dodgers and Angels are honoring that? Well, you got You have to excuse my uh, ignorance here, but I have to ask you this. Uh, is this something you think the ball clubs wanted to do? The mayor is a Democrat. The governor, that uh, idiot Newsom, he's a Democrat. Do you think there was the city or the state got involved in this, or this was purely no, the team? what happened was the Dodgers had gay pride night, and this group got involved, and they didn't. They didn't check it out or whatever. But then when they heard from me that this was outrageous, they rescinded. Well, they did. Yeah. But then the far left in Los Angeles threatened them. Oh, there you go. And so they Hi. pulled back their reason, and they're going to do it. Somebody just sent me, uh, my friend Harry Mays, who's a sports talk guy out of Philadelphia, is is uh, giving you a round of applause, Bill, for bringing this story to the to the forefront. And he said, it gets worse. Sam Brinton, disgraced DOE official under the Biden administration, also known as Sister A DO Active, is uh, part of this order as well. A Biden official named Sam Brinton. Yeah, look, this is the same Major League Baseball that took the All-Star game out of Atlanta, moved it to Denver, because they said the election was being suppressed when they had record amounts of people voting in Georgia 
in the midterms. Right. All, and Georgia, of course, filled with African-Americans. You can't find a black person in Denver. Not one. <laughs> now, this is so outrageous. Every Catholic in America, whether you go to church, whether you believe what, they're spitting in our face. The Los Angeles Dodgers and L.A. Dodgers, <laughs> Angels are, pardon the Angels thing, are spitting in our face. And you know what? Where is the American Catholic leadership? Where where are they? Who are you looking Nobody for? Nobody should go to that. I'm never going to a Dodger or Angel oh, no. game again. I won't yeah. either. But who, I mean, would Cardinal Dolan? He's in New York. I mean, who are you looking for to? Uh... I'm look. Dolan is is probably the most powerful cleric in the country. Right. Where's his statement? How come he's not on the No Spin News? How come he's not on Sid and Friends? How come he's not as angry as I am? Fair point. Good question. I mean, he'll be on Cat Show this afternoon because you've been aware of it, trust me. But he should be on your show or my show, and uh, he's not. So and he should have called us. Yes. Okay? Because there's no leadership. And this is why these loons and these haters get away with it. We don't stand up to them. The Dodgers folded. And believe me, bad karma... For the Dodgers, whoa, wait till you see what happens to them. You know, okay. You want you want to you want to mock Jesus? Okay. I wouldn't be uh, sports betting on the Dodgers. Well, you know what I'm afraid of, Bill, is that uh, again, this is great that you're bringing this up, and it's really disgusting when you talked about horrible, horrible. But what what I'm afraid of is that Shane Ravine will have sixty five thousand people that night because it's the Dodgers who are in first place. That's what Look, scares me. All my, my obligation as a journalist, analyst, is to bring to the public's attention what the deuce is going on. I can't control bad behavior on a personal level. But I can say to the Los Angeles Dodgers, you should be ashamed. And that's what I'm doing. Wow. God bless you. What a great – this was an unbelievable conversation. You really did point out uh, some of the inconsistencies in the Eric Adams conversation. And this Dodger thing, I'm going to tell you the truth, I was not aware of it. I'm a pretty big baseball fan, as you know, love the Mets. I follow the sport very closely. But this is a type of stuff that is awful for baseball. You've got to go, and every WABC listener, every morning to BillOReilly.com. You don't have to be a premium member. The message of the day is right there, and that every day will fill you in on the emotion of the day in this country. How to do it. So you've got the Tina Turner story on the yep. message of the day and this Dodgers story, both on there, yes? Yeah, Dodgers was yesterday. Got it. Okay, Tina is today. But, you know, there's an archive that you can see. Um, and I was on News Nation with Cuomo last night, and Cuomo could not challenge me on this. So then, you, then you know how much trouble they're in because he will try to challenge you on everything knowing right. he's dead wrong. Well, I don't know about that, but, he, you know, he's a Catholic, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there is no justification. You no. can't defend this. No. Listen, I'm a Jew. I'm not even Catholic, and I'm disgusted. I'm every, disgusted. And look, I believe that, every homo, that most homosexuals are appalled by this. Yes. I don't think the gay community likes this. No. No, you're right. Well, thank you, Bill. Another amazing appearance, and more importantly, thank you for shedding light on a really disturbing situation. Uh, listen, we, I guess there's still time. Gay Pride Month uh, starts in June, so this game is still days away, no? 
Yeah, I, I hope the Catholic Church mobilizes and the leadership steps up and says we have to protest this. Yeah, we got to get ca- we got to get you. Got, Cardinal Dolan has to go on uh, your show. That's it. Bottom line has to happen. Cardinal Dolan needs to be on your show and bring this to I, attention. I, I'm going to call him today, and then uh, next week uh, it doesn't have to be Thursday, but you know I'll send you an email what he says. No, then you'll come on again Monday. I'll bring right. you. I'll we'll, bring you. We'll, we'll come on Monday if you want. I'd love to. Um, um, but you know he's very busy. He said, yeah, "You know how, how busy he is." Yeah, he's got lunches and dinners. I know. Hey, <laughs> Bill, I love you. That was an amazing today. Thank you so much. Really great job. Thank you. All right, Sid. You're the best. Good weekend. Good Memorial Day weekend. You too, buddy. There he is, Bill O'Reilly. That was a tremendous report. Tremendous. He broke down the Mayor Adams interview, and he was right on all four of his issues. And then that Dodger story, that is that is unacceptable. O'Reilly's right. Pretty good three hours, huh, Justin? I'll say so. We ain't done yet, baby girl. We got the great Bofito live in studio, I believe. Is he calling or is he live? He's live, and I'm a boy, so you don't have to call me baby girl. Baby girl. Right. Bofito going to be great at 9.05. And the New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin coming up at 9.25. Simply the best. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Jumping Jack Lash. I like what Michael Keaton does in the movie Night Shift. Is this a Tina Turner version? This is awesome. Where'd she do this? This is live, obviously. Where was this? No, one of my favorite songs ever, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Tina Turner. Lost her yesterday at the age of 83. Bo Dito's on twice a week because he's so damn good. 7.40 every Tuesday. He's usually in studio, 9.05 on Thursdays, but he didn't want to get out of the car because the show was so good. So he stayed in the car, or maybe he's in traffic. I don't know. Here he is, great cop, great actor, and most importantly, uh, my best buddy. He is a loyal, great friend, the great Bo Dito. Good morning, Bo. Good morning. I'm sitting in my freaking car on 49th Street. I didn't want to miss my uh, 905 hit, but I got held over anyway. Was there a lot of tra- was a lot of traffic? A lot of traffic coming in, Bo? Yeah, coming up the drive. But I'm yeah. downstairs. I'm going to come and see you in a little while. But all of a sudden, uh, yesterday or uh, uh, Wednesday, I had my podcast, uh, my Bo Deedle's True Crime Story, and I had Norman Seabrook on. He's the former head of the New York City Corrections. I think it was one of the best podcasts that I've ever had. You know, he ran into a little bit of trouble. He went away to jail for a couple of years there. He's out. He's one of the most smartest guys I've ever met on all what's going on in New York City, all what's going on on Rikers and with the uh, people that are the uh, uh, homeless, that are violent, homeless, yep. uh, mentally ill people. And we went over a lot of things. And some of the stuff he's talking about, as far as what Rikers, he's totally, totally against uh, Rikers shutting down. Of course. Right? Anybody with a brain is. And I will tell you that I left early yesterday, and I went out to the elevators, and Norm was sitting there. And he jumped yeah. up. He's like, Sid, you're the best. I listen every day. I love you. I love your mother. So he's going to join me tomorrow on this show at 925. Right. And he's a yeah. great guy. And his daughter, remember, Bo, his daughter worked with us yeah. at WABC at the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and I brought him into chat, and I said, look, if we could have a uh, 
a sex-offended pervert on the air, we could certainly have my guy Norman Seabrook. I mean, we have our little boner nose. What's his name, the guy who was a convicted sex offender? What's his name? Uh, Wiener. Yeah, little Wiener there. Uh, how, so did, we how did Chan have... feel about bringing in? I love Norman Seabrook. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, lo- I love him. And Me too. What he talked about was one of the big issues. Uh, when they go to Rikers Island, even if they go for a year or whatever, they have nothing for them. I mean, we have all these building trades. We have all these educational stuff we could start teaching them while they're incarcerated. So when they go out, they can get a friggin' job. Instead of getting a gun, instead of becoming a criminal again, let's start teaching them. He's got great ideas. As far as the mentally ill goes, he says, your friend that you just had, you should wipe the spunk off your chin anyway. The mayor there, he said he should go before city council and say, look, we must get these mentally ill people did. off the damn he, he did already. off the subway. He did already. He did. Re- he did, yeah, well, he did well, and they well, all made fun of him, including Jamani Williams. And let me tell you, wipe the spunk off. That was 16 minutes. I drilled him on everything. I told him to mention Joe Biden's name. I told him Donald Trump stopped it. Why can't you stop it? I asked him why he doesn't stop buses before they get to New York City. I asked him if Jessica did. Katz you was jumping tough. off a sinking Titanic. I was very tough. You were tough. You were tough. But you I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna be a jerk off. He's still the mayor, you know, Bo. No, no, no. You gotta have him respect. And I do too. I was out with his top aide last night, and I'm not gonna tell you who. And we're still battling because I'm saying, look at, you're the mayor. If you were the mayor, Sid, Sid, every day you would jump ugly. Look at that poor woman. She just, yeah. she got hit by, she got hit by a friggin' train. She's gonna die. She's paralyzed from the neck down. Probably another mentally ill person. When is it going to stop? We had two teenagers there shot in the head, a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old. This poor guy came to visit his son all of a sudden from Egypt. He's here three days. He shot in his head dead. Oh, crime is down. I don't know about crime being down. These are (laughs) issues we got to deal. And I look towards a leader. I look towards the mayor as a leader. He's got to jump ugly with every aspect of this thing because he's our leader. He's our first. You don't just sit there and just listen and say the same things over. Lead, man. And here, we've got to go back at the bail reform. We've got to keep beating him. He should make trips up to Albany every two weeks and have a news conference there. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I love it. And that's the only thing that bothers me. That's fair. What, that's- hey, listen, Bo, what you just said is entirely fair, and you're exactly right. And let me remind people that for all the folks out there that said, wow, Jordan Neely, he didn't have a weapon. He couldn't hurt anybody. Well, the lady you just mentioned, the guy did not have a weapon. He shoved her face into a moving train. So there you right. go. And, 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 and then, then, you have, then you have this psycho. He should come out against this Shelly Rodriguez, a professor. Just shows you what you could be a professor at these liberal colleges, Hunter College. She took a freaking machete out. The reporter from the New York Post had a machete on his neck, takes them down the street, and they didn't lock her up. Why would they lock her up? They're considering charges. Hey, get off your fat butt there, you idiot from, from Manhattan. What's his name? What's his name? I hate to even use this Alvin name. Bragg. Alvin Fat Boy Briggs, <laughs> the son of a gun. She took a machete out on his poor reporter for the New York Post. Why don't you respond to that? <laughs> Duh. This is what we get. And now all of a sudden, we're talking about, we're talking about, now the whistleblower finally came out with the Justice Department. And again, my interview with the former commissioner of the New York City Police Department, one of the greatest, Ray Kelly said, the biggest threat to America, again, is our justice. Meaning our justice, when you can't have justice, you can't go to the Justice Department because it's politically controlled. It's rigged. It's rigged. You can't go to the right. FBI because...
because it's politically controlled. That is the biggest threat. Justice means that you would have justice. Right. We can't get justice if they're utilizing it for political. And this punk Biden, what is taking so long to indict him? What is Stevie Wonder in charge of this operation? (laughs) That's Merrick Garland. That's Garland. I do want to ask you about an NYPD story that you may know about. You may not. But I saw yes. uh, uh, the commissioner on Sunday. I like her. I'm sorry. I like her. Keyshawn Shula. I like I think, her too. Yeah, she's cool. So I think she uh, suspended or he did something to the chief, uh, Madry. He faces a departmental trial on charges. He abused his authority, ordering the freedom of a retired cop accused of threatening a group of teens with a gun. So he threatens yeah, these. This, no, no, what's the story yeah, here? This was in Brooklyn when somebody he worked with, and he, he was involved with some kids. He pulled his gun out. That's the same thing if I went out on the street and all of a sudden uh, there was a bunch of punks there harassing somebody, and I got out there, and then they said, well, come on over here, and I take my gun out. Okay. And then all of a sudden they go, and they're going to go and lock me up. Well, Magic, he used his judgment, and he didn't arrest the guy for it. Big deal. Big deal. That's, is that what we're going to How about the punk that threw that poor woman in front of the train? She's dead, yep. brain dead. How yep. about that? Well, we shouldn't be worrying about what magic did. Okay, good, good, good. I, no, I agree. I, I, I didn't know the whole details, but now that you said it, Bo, I yeah. totally agree with you, 100%. And, 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 and you know what? we got we got to remember that douchebag, douchebag, Governor Como, with that interview. Oh, my God. Everything <laughs> is lies with the bail reform. You're a damn liar. Keep them off our channel. Where our channel is about the reality, truth, and justice, and the American way, <laughs> not the lying way like Andrew evil eyes Como. And I'm telling you something else now. Your guy from Nassau County, great guy. I'm going to have him up at dinner for me with Rayos. Maybe you come up there with me. The oh, guy oh, Bruce Blakeman. Bruce Blakeman, who was there yeah, yesterday yeah. at the downtown rally for Daniel Penny and also at the yeah. casino out there in Nassau. He's a terrific executive, right, Bo? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? He said, no immigrants. On the illegal immigrants into my county. No. And you know what? Everybody's got to stand fast. I love the way the mayor jumped around a little. When is enough enough? When is enough? There are approximately 10 million of these illegal aliens running around New York. They're arresting people who are on the watch list. Every We don't even know what's infiltrated. Yeah. Then you have all these other spies coming in from China. Everybody, welcome to America. <laughs> come across the Rio Grande. Get a blow-up boat. You're right. Come over. You're and right. Then you... all of a sudden, then all, oh, we got to talk about one guy. Nello died. You know, Nello, remember Nello from Madison Avenue? Oh, he died? Yeah, Nello took the pipe. He was oh. only 64. Yeah, young and guy. Then, one of my friends, and this is a big uh, shout-out to him, Chief Ali. He was the former chief of the New York City detectives, one of the great chiefs of detectives. He just passed away. Wow. These are important things that people have to understand. We're losing everybody. Everybody's yeah. taking a pipe. Right. And you know what? All we care about is opening up hotels, stuffing them in, making rice and beans, give them education, Give them medical. Hey, I tried to get a test done, and I got all the insurances in the world. They tell me, you have to wait. Oh you have God. to get approved. But if I was an illegal alien, <laughs> I could get hospitalization <laughs> right away. Now I have to wait until someone makes oh the judgment. Stop this nonsense, please. Yeah. This is America. Please, please. <laughs> was there anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but hold on. Yeah. I'm not finished. Remember, over there at McGinnis Boulevard, 200 
people that have businesses over there. McGinnis Boulevard, they want to put another friggin' bike lane through there and destroy the neighborhood. But no one's being conferred with. That was like that that Indian woman that worked for Big Bird de Blasio. She started this crap with the bike lanes and with the bus lanes. Another these lanes. That's why we got congestion pricing. Because you got no traffic flow. That's the <laughs> it's problem. True. It's true. Somebody take care of this madness of people being psychopaths. Everybody's doing a good job. Crime is down. I don't know where he's talking about crime being down. Crime, <laughs> mayor. crime down? Well, don't take the subway back and forth. See how many times you're going to get bumped, dropped. And I'm glad you're seeing where up the that is a great appearance right there, man. Damn. Freaking Bo Deedle. Is there a better New Yorker than Bo Deedle? Uh, listen, I, I, I'm okay with Mayor Adams. Clearly, we're okay. I still think Curtis would have been a great mayor. But I go all the way back to that Bill de Blasio race when uh, Bo and Nicole ran against him. How great a mayor would Bo Deedle have been? I mean, sure, I'm being completely serious. I know some of the... The cops, the older cops, give him a hard time, and I really don't care. This guy loves New York. He loves New York. He cares. He's tough, but he's got a heart of gold, too. Don't kid yourself. Sid Rosenberg needs something. Bo's the first to call. How great a mayor would have Bo Dito been? In fact, um, I know Curtis may run again, and I know Bo always says, I'm not doing it again. I'm going to you know, move down to Florida before he does that, but... I would urge Bo to think about it one more time. I think it sounds good. Mayor Bo Deedle. Oh, come on, baby. Say it, Justin. Mayor Bo Deedle. That race would end with one of them dead. Curtis, Just say it. Curtis and Bo. Bo Deedle for mayor. Ha-ha. Why can't you say it what I told you to say it? Mayor Bo Deedle. Oh, okay. Um, mayor Bo Deedle. Well done. Thank you. Michael Goodwin, New York Post, is next. University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Show today, it's been great, folks. Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Sliwa, Trump attorney, made her debut on the program. She was terrific. Alina Haba, we've got a great week for attorneys. 
Adala on Tuesday, Dershowitz yesterday, Takapina tomorrow, and Alina Haba today. Bill O'Reilly knocked it out of the park. Bo Deedle was just great. And, of course, back to 740 this morning. The mayor was on for 16 minutes, and we discussed everything, everything, from Fleet Week to the Brooklyn Bridge to the serious stuff. The migrants, Daniel Penny, gave him an opportunity a couple of times to clarify some of uh, what the media says he says, and uh, I've got mixed reviews. Anyway, my next guest is tremendous. He's been coming on weekly, really, which is a, a huge win for us. He's a, well, the best columnist in the country, him and Divine, at the uh, the New York Post, and his name is Michael Goodwin. Mike, welcome back, pal. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Thank you. Nice to, uh, nice to have you. So Adams was on for a while this morning, and with the migrant crisis, first thing I said to him was, what is stopping you, Mr. Mayor? What's stopping you from, you know, listen, in the beginning, uh, you, were, you were all too welcoming. I said that. I said you were all too welcoming. Now I kind of feel bad for you. So what is stopping you now from saying, no, the bus arrives, go back where you came from, we've reached our limit, we're done in New York. And he said, well, there are laws in place, I just can't do that. That's how that conversation started. Well, look, I, I don't know the, the law that he's referring to. Uh, the, the people who, by and large, are, are making up the migrants, they were arrested when they came across the border. Um, they were they were let loose under this program that they all claimed asylum, and therefore they would have a, their case adjudicated. Uh, th- this is this is all unnecessary. When Donald Trump was president, he arranged a deal with Mexico that if you were claiming asylum, you wanted to claim asylum in the United States, you could do it from Mexico, but you would have to wait in Mexico until your case was adjudicated. And so this whole idea that they were allowed... Let me just just add to that. And if you didn't do that, and if you didn't do that, there would be a punishment, tariffs from Mexico. So he, he put together a bill which actually did have repercussions, which worked. That's right. It was in Mexico's interest because of other factors uh, to do it that way, even though it was inconvenient. But the thought was that over time, people will get that message and they will stop coming. They won't come to Mexico uh, from Central America and now other places. So the idea that they're here legally and that uh, they have a right to be here is something that can be changed. I mean, it's not fixed. It's not a constitutional right that they have. As as others have noted, including uh, Alexander Hamilton, the Constitution is not a suicide pact. And there's absolutely no reason why these people have to be in the country to wait for the adjudication of their claim, which will take six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and which will, for 90 percent of them, be denied because they do not fit the criteria of uh, asylum, which is uh, ethnic, religious, or political persecution. Those are the main things. Most of the, the vast, vast majority of these people are coming to escape gang violence, to escape uh, uh, poor economies and just looking for a better st- uh, standard of living. And who can fault them for that? The fault is our own government not enforcing our laws to protect the American border and the American citizens. You know, at one point I said to the mayor, and we know each other very well, we're friendly. I said, you know, I'm not a racist. I said, but if I come out today, which I've said time and time again, Mike, over the last couple of weeks, 
I don't want the migrants. I don't want them. I live in a very nice Queens community by the beach. I don't want them. They may not be bad people. I don't care. And I said, but when I say that, you and other people call me a racist. And he said, we got to understand, Sid, 100 years ago, when people came from countries all over the world, people who were already here said, I don't want them. So everybody's gone through what you're talking about. And if we listen to everybody, then basically none of these folks would be here. That didn't change my mind. I still don't want them. But that was Mayor Eric Adams' fight. Yeah, look, I, I think that's kind of shadow boxing, honestly. Um, what happened 100 years ago is not really relevant to what's happening now. 100 years ago, people may have not wanted them here, but in fact, there was an orderly and legalized immigration process. It was called Ellis Island, where you came in and everything about you, including the fact that you had to have a sponsor. You had to be tested for diseases. I mean, there were all kinds of uh, hoops you had to jump through in order to get to America. I mean, my wife's family, for example, she had uh, many, many relatives who came here in the early, you know, early 20th century, but some of them failed the, the health test and they were shipped to uh, Southern Africa. I mean, they were shipped some to Norway. So, and, and I'm sure many families have that same experience. If you couldn't pass the test, you couldn't get in. Now there's no test, no test of any kind. You come across the border, you say, uh, under the coaching of an American lawyer who went to Mexico, you say, uh, I, I claim asylum. Uh, you may not even know what asylum means. <laughs> the the Border Patrol agent takes your name, uh, hopes that you have some identification, but if not, it doesn't matter. He'll trust you. Uh, he may even give you a cell phone. He may, he may uh, give you the name of a charity to contact, but then you're allowed in the country. You can't work uh, for at least six months, but you're in the United States. And it, it's foolhardy to believe that these people will ever leave. Yeah. They are, have come in. They will, they will stay. They, they are legal only in the sense of this waiting for adjudication. Uh, and it's, it's not right. I mean, that no. is a terrible idea. Agreed. Michael Goodwin, New York Post. So I would imagine that you applaud some of these county executives, people like Ed Day up in Rockland County, uh, even Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County. These folks that are basically keeping these migrants out of their neighborhoods. Well, look, I I think the the big issue here, Sid, is what's the limit? How many? Right. If you're telling if you're telling the uh, Rockland County executive, look, we have 50 migrants, but that's it. There are no more. We won't ask you to take more. I'm sure people in Rockland County would say, sure, we can help 50 families or 50 people. We can deal with that. The problem is there are as many as 6 million have come in the Biden administration, 6 million people, and they're still coming. And there's so therefore there's no limit to it. There's no end to it in sight. And I think that before we can even begin to discuss what do we do with the people here, you've got to stop it. You've got to stop the, the flow. In my, in my column the other day, I, I likened it to a bathtub that's overflowing, and you're taking the water out by the teaspoon. Meanwhile, you <laughs> let the faucet on. <laughs> well, that's uh, great. 
you'll never catch up. It's futile. And that's where we are. Uh, And that's why I believe the mayor has has done a lot of things. He's tried everything. He's tried shipping them out. He's tried demanding money from Albany, from Washington. He wants to give them work papers. But the one thing he hasn't done is the one thing that would change it, and that is to tell the president, Mr. President, you've got to seal the border. You've got to stop this. We can't handle them. There's no end in sight. And right now the city says it's got roughly 70,000, I believe, who are here. What about when it's 100,000? What if it's 150,000? What about 200,000? What are they going to do with them? I don't go to your house. I mean, I don't know, Michael. Jeez. But I got to tell you, the bad tub thing is this is why you're brilliant. This is why you're the best writer in the country. Right there, New York Post, Michael Goodwin. We're not just turning them away. We're incentivizing them to come here because we give them all this stuff you just talked about, which makes it worse. Two more will let you run. I'm going to get back to Bo here in just a minute. Uh, the, uh, the Daniel Penny, I said, listen, Mr. Mayor. You came out, and you were the only voice of reason. Hochul wanted to give the guy the electric chair. She was ridiculous. Sharpton was screaming racism. And you came out, Mr. Mayor, and said, well, hold on a second. Let's see what happened. Now, at least your critics are saying, you went the other way. He's a brother. He's a black man. Could be my son. Which one is it? And he said, listen, not everything is black or white. Some things are gray. They're complicated issues. What do you think about that answer? Look, I I think he was right to say what he said in the beginning, and I don't really have a fundamental problem with sort of expressing a a humanity feeling toward uh, Jordan Neely. Right. but look, I, I think the mayor saying slow down probably had a good effect on the citizens. You know, Sid, uh, when Rudy Giuliani was first mayor in, in the early days, early years, there had been, you know, during the the run-up to the crime sprees and during those years of the late 80s and early 90s, there there were a lot of shootings uh, of police and by police. And it got to be where every time the police shot somebody, there would be this hue and cry from the radical left, you know, string up the cop, you know, arrest the cops and all that. And Giuliani really articulated what I thought was a was a brilliant idea, which is just what Mayor Adams said in this case. Wait, let's see the facts. Let's not rush to judgment. And don't forget, we give the, the, the police the power of life and death. That is part of what we train them for, how to handle those situations. You can't aim at the foot. You can't aim at the gun. You've got to aim to the, the full body mass. Uh, to stop somebody who's who's committing a crime, using a gun, putting others in danger. And the police have that power. Now we have to make sure they exercise it properly. But you can't condemn them automatically every time they exercise that power. We have to know what exactly were the circumstances. And I think that really served the city well. Let's wait. It's a, it's a good idea in a lot of cases, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's wait. Let's see what the facts are. Yeah. But then, of course, like I said, he went the other way. And that disappointed a lot of people, including me. So finally, you know, we kept hearing about Jordan Neely. Well, he didn't have a weapon. And, of course, we're just a couple of days removed from some psycho on the subway without a weapon shoving some beautiful, innocent lady's face into a moving car. She's paralyzed. She may or may not survive. I don't know. But at the very least, her life is ruined. He didn't have a weapon. Could be the same thing with Jordan Neely. Where's Al Sharpton today, Mike? Right. Yeah, good good luck with that one. Um, <laughs> look, 
I mean, it, it, there's a lot of danger in the city. And, and the mayor was elected on an anti-crime platform. And he's made progress. There's no question there's progress. But there's still a lot of, uh, shall we say, unmade beds here. And I think the mayor, his, his attention wanders. And to come back to the, the migrant issue, that's why I think it was such a mistake for him and continues to be a mistake the way he's approaching it. This is taking over his administration. Uh, meanwhile, things like the, the subway incident you mentioned, these things are, are still happening. And so you combine them together and this, and this sense of disorder and chaos is is not really being mitigated, even though the violent crime statistics show gains. So I, I, I really think the mayor has sometimes loses the plot about what he was elected on and what the city needs. I mean, you talk to people who are thinking of leaving or have left New York, and it's always the same. It, it, you know, it was dangerous. I was uncomfortable. I talked to a guy yesterday who said he was on a subway train. He said he was very busy. He's a doctor. He's reading. And, and he suddenly notices the car is kind of empty. And he looks around, and there's one guy who's got his shoes off, his feet up on the chair, listening to music, and he's smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah. now, this, this is the subway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these things didn't used to happen. There, there was a period of 20 years where that didn't happen. That yeah. wouldn't be tolerated. Yeah. It's tolerated now. It's, it's happening. Those sort of crazy things are happening frequently. The, 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 the poor woman whose face was, you know, that, that didn't happen. That, that's not normal. And I'm, I'm afraid we're getting to accept these things as normal that are not yeah. normal. And we've got to stop it. And the mayor, that's what the mayor, I think, is missing, mm. that this sense of disorder has not been uh, turned back. And he's got to focus consistently and always on that. Sense of urgency, too. That's the big thing. He may yes. understand it, but there's a sense of urgency coming from folks. If not, they just leave. And you could add school shootings, something else that we've kind of become. Right. Well, here's another one. It's horrible, but uh, there was two yesterday. Uh, listen, you are great. I really love when you come on. Michael Goodwin, New York Post. Thank you for another great conversation. Hopefully we'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Sid. Thank you. Mine, too. Mike Goodwin right there in New York Post. With Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Uh, let's close this show out with a bang. This last segment is brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan, the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. Bo was on before Michael Goodwin, and he was awesome as always, but didn't have time to get to about a piece or two of information. So the last four minutes, I bring you again the great Bo Deedle. First of all, thank you, Peter. I love you, and you do have the best boilers in America, Peter. Hey, I dropped my papers when I was sitting in the car. couple of things, couple of issues. Remember Black Lives Matter? 
Oh, yeah. They raised 90 million from these scumbag fucking oh. corporations <laughs> and advertisers, right? You know what they did with it? They lost $10 million. You know what they did with it? These were the family members, <laughs> consultant services, and management, not for the black people, for their pockets. You know what they took over? They took over Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Yeah. Shakedown. Yeah. That's what Black Lives Matter. Well, Black okay. Lives BLM stands wow. for big don't mansions. interrupt me. Don't interrupt yeah, me. Listen go, go, go. to me. All right, okay. We know all about the victim, Jordan Neely. We're very sorry about it. His friggin' uncle just got locked up. He was arrested 20 times, pickpocket, grand losses, everything. He was arrested 20 times in the last uh, year, year and a half. This punk, you think he got bail? He got no bail. You know who was in charge? That fat Al, what's his name? Alvin Bragg. That guy, that guy, that guy. Okay, here we go. Okay, now, the, the ugliest woman in the world. Who's the ugliest woman in the world? Uh, King Charles' wife. No, oh, Randy no. Weingarten. Oh, okay. They're going to throw her before the Congressional Select Committee and question her <laughs> if she gave sex and gave oral sex what? to Fauci. They're going to question her. What did you do with Fauci? Swear. And she's going before the thing. Oh. That's one of the questions I gave him to ask her. Did you give oral sex to Fauci, you ugly woman? Okay, here we go. We all know about what happened with uh, with the shootings here. And yet Mayor Adams on here, you, you did good, you did good. But the reality is the right to shelter law, he's got to go into the city council. Shut the law down. And all we got to do is I keep watching him with his aviator glasses, that moron. I'm not even going to call him the president. You know, he is Joe Biden, the psychopath. He bounces, walks around. You don't even know where the hell he is. And this thing really bothers me now. What about the real housewives of New oh, Jersey? Oh, they're still blaming you. I called up this guy, Cohen. I want to go on the air. This is a freaking lie. And all those little punks over there, all those cast members, I'll say it right out. And I'll say it to any one of their faces. I never did any investigation. I was not hired by Louie to do any investigations against any of you retards, okay? So if you can't handle, why don't you call me up? Because you know what? You must be seeing ghosts around you or something. And I'm sick and tired of looking at all these tweeties and twatters on here. Oh, Baudino did this. Baudino did this. Pay me if you want me to do something. That's a damn lie. Lou came out and said he didn't. And it, that's the truth. How come they can't handle the truth, Sid? Oh, I've heard that somewhere before, Jack but why Nicholson. Can't they? I don't know. You know what? I've been in business 38 years. We're a reputable company. I have some of the biggest corporations. I don't need this slime with my name attached to this uh, slime I show. I agree with that. That I agree with. On a very serious note, I agree. And I told these people, who yeah. I do speak to occasionally... That Bo Deedle said he didn't do it, and Bo's word is gold. And anyway, when I do an investigation, first of all, the client can't say a word. I can't say a word. It's a confidentiality. I did not do it. This one I could say. I did not. If I did it, I wouldn't say nothing. I didn't do it. So shut up, you punks. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. The great Bo Deedle, and and I believe Bo. I really do. I hope page six is listening and just put this thing to rest already because there are some cast members, Frank Catania, Margaret Josephs, and others, who swear to God that you well, did it. You didn't of, do they're it. They're full of crap. And you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to sit down that guy who wrote that book about being a, a gay father. What's his name there? That's uh, Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen. If you find your ball bag, bring me on the show. Better yet, 
don't you come on my podcast? I, I like it. to talk about your book about being a father of two children and being gay. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing. Come on my podcast if you got the balls. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Bo Deedle. No. That's why he's on twice a week, 740 every Tuesday, live in studio, 905 every Thursday. I love this guy to pieces. I love him to death. I really do. The great Bo Deedle. And he's telling the truth. Don't listen to those folks over there. That's a wacky TV show. Bo Deedle is telling the truth. We'll come back and wrap things up in a great Thursday edition right after these words. We're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're going to do the finish. Rough. Where we do Proud Mary. Listen to the story now. Left a good job in the city Working for the man every night and day And I never lost one minute of sleep And I was worrying about the way the thing might have been Big wheel, keep on turning Oh, the proud Mary keep on burning And we're rolling Peace! Rolling, rolling, yeah. Rolling, rolling.